What's up, Max? How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, just looked outside a few minutes ago, and it's snowing again. So that's a bit shitty. But otherwise, uh, <laughs> it's been a good day. Yeah, you was all excited because you had some sunshine. You was actually like, "Yeah, we're gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna go practicing. I'm almost off school." Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's miserable, and it was miserable. <laughs> It just looked like yeah, cold, I mean, miserable. I just want to drink till I die, rather. <laughs> yeah, but luckily that I mean it'll, it'll be all melted by by the evening. It's that's what usually happens. It's still like way over uh, freezing, so we're good on that. But it's uh, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, I see you got your uniform on. You know, yeah, yeah, keeping it a standard gray hoodie, black hat early mustache so you know what we got a podcast to talk about we got a big race happening this weekend max mm-hmm. it's really 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 big and um yeah man we got to talk about that we got some btrc questions and stuff so let's get right into it and um let's just drop that intro Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 186 of the No Name RC Podcast. Max, we're closing in uh, pretty quick on that um, that great 200 episode mark. Yeah. It's pretty good. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. I think the only other RC podcast that has that is um, Radio Impound Podcast. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Keena White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. To my left, with the curly mustache and his prison uniform, is Arrogant Max. He's now embraced his arrogance, 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 and all its glory. And now he's going curly mustache, full, like, Wild Bill Hickok on us. That's what you look like. If Wild <laughs> Bill Hickok with his curly mustache, because he's, he's known to have, like, a curly mustache. Yeah. So, Max, uh, we have uh, some questions to talk about today. Also, joining us this week on this podcast is my buddies Tyler Zavado and Sean Rosen. They, uh, Tyler is the guy from RC Drag Talk. He was 
the guy who started the King of the Streets race with the $20,000 payout, which uh, Samantha Joan won a few weeks ago. So these guys have become really good friends of mine. They have a podcast called the Missing Link RC Podcast. Check them out. They're like, they're really into bashing boats and all that stuff. And they race, well, Sean races, but they're just RC enthusiasts. Uh, they've become really good friends of mine. And I'm super happy for them. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's good to get, catch up with them, talk about something that isn't off-road for a little bit and geek out on some some stuff so check that out thank you to sean and tyler and they're also very big supporters of the nnrc so go check them out and uh i thank you check out their podcast too they're just they're cool dudes cool dudes and of course we're going to do our beach rc bench racing q a max and we're going to talk about a few things we're going to show people the ibc race and all that stuff but before we go on any further we got to say some thank yous and we gotta, you know, gotta say some thank yous and some shout outs to some people. So first off, I want to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. Thank you guys for all the love. If you're listening to this on the audio podcast and whatnot, please head over to our YouTube channel. All our podcasts over there, we're doing them in video. And I think you got a better experience with them in video as well, because we're doing more with pictures and video as well. Uh, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. We're trying to grow our YouTube. All of our stuff from Silver State will be on there. And of course our Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this on audio, hit that review button, continue to share. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Shout out to the patrons of the podcast. We can't do it without you guys. You got a patron only pod last week. You got early release this week of my chat with Sean and those guys. Thank you guys for the support too. If you guys wish to become a patron, the link is in the written description of this podcast. And of course, shout out and thank you to the awesome companies that support the podcast. We can't do without these companies as well. Uh, showing these sponsors some love shows the podcast some love. So if you guys can, there are links, affiliate links, there's coupon codes, or even if you just decide to buy from some of these companies, let them know that uh, you've heard about it in NNRC because showing them some love shows us some love. And they are Invisible Speed, TZO 200 Tires, High Tech RCD, TNR Fuels, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, JQSM, G-Spec RC tuning for all your cabling needs. Papa Willie's traction tonic for all your uh, traction tonic needs. Racecraft USA for all your to get pitted. And get check out their new Tumblr. Pre-order that. Clinic RC. I'll be seeing Tony and his wife here soon. It'll be good to see them. Shout out to David Ronafalk in the DR shop. Race shop. He's in Portugal right now. Shout out to Jared Tebow who joined me last night for live. And uh, yeah, man, thank you to the to him. Check it out, JTPRC. RC Kevin, who I'll finally get to meet in person at Silver State. And shout out to Alex Hagberg, RCGP, uh, House of RC. House of, I think RCGP drops Rush tomorrow. And uh, mm -hmm. that's good, yeah. like an edited version of Rush. And shout out to House of RC, who's going to be dropping their 2.0 version soon. And uh, yeah, man, show them a lot some love, man. It helps us out a lot. So please do that. All right, Max. Uh, oh, I do have a couple shout outs quick, real quick. Shout out to my boy RC Vitals. I see he launched a new logo and new theme called Racer Till I Die. Like, so he's got some shirts and stuff. I'm going to get myself one. I like RC Vitals. Jay's a good guy and um, he's doing good things. Shout out to my buddy Joe Zaire Jr., Joe Zaire Jr., and Ran on a Talent podcast. So savage, as I call him, Savage Joe. They actually just recorded and produced their 100th episode. And so congratulations to them. Joe is a OG podcasting guy. He's the guy I went to and I first decided to do this and he helped me out a lot. He's super savage. He can be, he likes it like that. 
And uh, shout out to those guys for that great, great uh, accomplishment. Because 100 episodes is not easy. Mm-hmm. There are many ep- podcasts that haven't made 100. And you know what, dude? Happy birthday to our favorite co-host, our second favorite Finnish person, <laughs> who's getting like more and miserable as he gets older. He isn't getting happy. He's getting more and more miserable. Shout out to uh, Joseph Johan Kwegrain. And uh, yeah, happy birthday to Beaker, a.k.a. Rupert Pumpernickels, a.k.a. Captain Assel, a.k.a. JQ. He's got so many nicknames. I think I have another one. The Sheriff. Yeah. He's yeah, one, it's his birthday. one or two away from 40, too. 39, one away. Yeah. He's like in total denial about that. Yeah. He's now in his he's 40th year. As of he's, today, he's, he's in his now 40th year. Huh? Yeah. He's yeah, 39 doesn't matter anymore. It's now 40th year. So if he was yeah. to die, like tomorrow, it would be Joseph Craigrain in his 40th year. It wouldn't be Joseph Craigrain who just turned 39 <laughs> the day before. Yeah, so it's over, Joseph. You're yeah, so let's face it. Happy birthday to you. Have fun in Portugal. Yeah. And um, yeah, enjoy yourself, man. Jesus, man. Guy's so miserable, man. I, that's miserable. Miserable when he wasn't traveling. Miserable when he's traveling. Because he had to travel through three different airports. I must admit, got, getting into Barcelona is a little bit difficult. I had to fly three different flights. All right, Max. You know what? I think we should just go right in to our BTRC bench racing Q&A and answer some of these questions. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, man. Let's go. Let's go to it. Okay. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. And thank you to Brent at BeachRC for his continued support. Longtime supporter of the podcast. Great. Thank you for all of that. Uh, shout out to Lucas, who's doing some great stuff of his his vlogs when he goes to this race. I'm gonna get I'm actually gonna get Brent and Lucas on the podcast, have a chat here soon because they're doing some good things. And um, yeah, if you guys can, we have an affiliate link. Uh, we got a little slice of that. It's in the written description of this podcast. Check it out. Show BTRC some love. Shows us some love. All right, Max. Uh, let's get into some questions. We don't have many, but we're going to go through them and we have some things we want to talk about. So first question from somebody that wants to rename, uh, remain anonymous. And he goes, besides the atrocity that is raw, should large events and even club racing follow a sanctioning, sanctioning bodies set of rules or structure? And he says, for example, if race time for, for race time events, how do we keep the sandbagging to a minimal and ensure that the competition is fair without going just one buggy class for all races without a lengthy tech inspection process? And building on this, should we start enforcing rules for drivers for bad driving? Like if you cause a wreck or contact another car and you don't give up the position, Track courtesy doesn't seem to carry down to the lower levels of racing these days, and hacking has become the norm for mainly over-aggressive drivers. All right, so let's let's actually address the first question. I actually think 
that the lack of raw at these events is the reason why we see so much bad racing. I think we mm -hmm. see so much um, confusion, like when it comes to, because I honestly, when I was at RCGP, you could see like people aren't used to doing tech, or, you know, even though RCGP didn't have, they didn't do a lot of calling at this race. You know, there, there needs to be some rules. Like RD needs to come in there and say, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to be running this race, I'm calling the, the fastest guy out there for the first mistake he makes because shit rolls downhill. And if you go for the top right off the bat, then it all rolls downhill and they'll be like, well, if this guy gives this guy a, a, a stop and go, then I, I stand no chance. So I think that's what has to happen, but that has to happen on a local level too. I mean, we can have some fun, but if it starts at a local club level, if people learn bad mannerisms at a local race, like taking people out, um, not turn marshaling right after they're supposed to turn marshal, you know, all this type of stuff, they carry these mannerisms to other big races. So it starts, it's just like kids. It start the education starts at home. So the education for RC racers should start at the club, their local track. And that takes a good club owner, track owner, and an RD that enforces these rules. But it takes people getting used to that. And that's why I feel where Raw is missing. Whereas you go to a race in Finland, you have rules that are based mm. off the association from Finland that are based off the association from Afra. You know what I mean? Mm. To an extent. Yeah. Whereas exactly. in America, we don't have that. You know what I mean? We yeah. have a race. We it's, it's no real, like it's rules. It's some basic rules. Like, okay. And I'm not even talking about tech and all that stuff too much. Like that's not every club race has to have tech and all that type of stuff, but mm. at least have some stop and goes and some penalty calling and dock some people for not being out there fast enough to turn marshal and stuff like that. So, but I think the culture is just different. So Amer I always like to say that America is the wild west of RC. So it's like, oh, shit, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, no rules. That. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, there, there are rules, but there are no rules. Um, yeah. And Oftentimes in, the rules are made up on the go. It's sort of unwritten rules. Always. Right, right. I, I mean, there, there are rules. Like obviously, you know, people know that you shouldn't like, there are some rules, but not much. Let's, let's be yeah. honest. But that just yeah. comes from a local level. And that's, 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 that's where when Raw kind of lost that contact with region. And it's hard. And, I, and it's not all Raw's fault because with all these big races and just how Raw kind of, you know, kind of has faded into nothingness on the, the off-road side, regionally, it's hard to get back, to get back to that level. Mm -hmm. um, as for sandbagging, I think that these RDs, I know it's hard because I think these, I, it, it's like you have to kind of nip that in the butt right away. Like there's no rules for it. Yeah, but but even then, like if there were some, were some perfect rules, how would you determine, oh, this guy is sportsman? Let's say a guy who drives uh, expert or intermediate, whatever you call it, and, and wins for a few years, then takes a break and comes back. After right, what happens then? Is he now still intermediate or is he, does he now get, I think it has to go off lap times. I think it just has to go off lap times. And if that guy is too fast, yeah. just bump him out of that class and put it, put him up. You do that every yeah, race. But then, but then again, if you are normally a sportsman guy, but just this race, you're having very good speed. Now you get to yeah. bump into intermediate. So then, then that's not, fair, I don't know again. the answer to this. I honestly yeah. don't. Um, that, yeah, that's why I, I guess this, having I guess this should just, and people, isn't good. 
Yeah, and then you have like I know that the Dart actually tries to separate it. So like they'll say if you're a sportsman, you can't have a chassis sponsor. Well, that doesn't work. Everybody's sponsored yeah. nowadays, and it doesn't. Yeah, and, and the and, thing and, is, like Degani, like he can technically run intermediate because his chassis sponsorship is in one hundred, but everyone knows he shouldn't be running intermediate. Really, he should be running pro. Well. I mean, he's in the C-Man a pro. So it probably isn't his actually in the right class that is in his in in with people that are at a speed. Yeah, you know what I mean? If you really, speed, he's not winning intermediate, the rule, but the rule itself doesn't really work. He pays for something, but I mean, yeah, you know, of like, course, he's a world champion. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's unfortunate. Like every race, every race that I heard, we heard this, 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 the sandbag and stuff coming out and all that stuff. And I'm like, man. I don't have the answer and we can't we're not going to go back to one class i just think it's just her to stay like it's, it's just not yeah. going anywhere so i don't know what we yeah can do. i don't I, I think in my opinion there should be two classes pro and open and th then there's no issue because pro you, you you don't get to complain and open if you're an open you're an open uh that's how it's in most countries in europe uh, who have a lot of entries and that's how it, it works the perfect way but definitely me. we need to have some rules on a local club level need to start there yeah good, I, good race I, etiquette starts there yeah my take on this is more so that i don't mind a regional events or club races having no tech or no like sort of proper rule book or whatever what i do mind is big events like dirt and race time events and but i have uh, tech well, Dart has tech. Dart has tech, but it's it's not it's not like they don't have a properly people written. People get failed. Book. People get failed and tech. No, no, but, but I know what you I, mean. But I mean, but I mean, like the RD calls some takeouts, but they don't right. have a. Specific but they need to get a referee. They need to get yeah. a referee. And they, they need, need to get a referee. and the, even the tech is sort of like they only tech a few cars. They don't take all cars and it's they check tanks sometimes. It's they don't have a proper rule book which in my opinion, events at this scale should have. But then the club level, I don't think there should be any, like too much. They don't need a rule book per se. What I think the issue in, in America where I've heard this from a lot of people, people complain that, oh, there, there's no driver etiquette anymore. There's no respect. I think it's the fact that there's lack of sort of organized races where you have to go to Marshall and there are Marshall posts like marked and yeah and like well there are that Europe, yeah yeah but it's it's like for okay I'll it's still a, the same as a club example. race because you're still calling people out to go Marshall and all that type of stuff yeah but for example here in Finland there might be the fucking Thursday afternoon race when people go out to Marshall they put their Hivis vests on their specific spots for Marshalls people like have heat sheets they have a timetable and this is for the smallest club race ever in america you you don't have a timetable you have just about heat sheets you might have 12 classes or whatever there are no real sort of structure to the event so new people who come in they just go somewhere and they don't know where to marshal or what to do and there's no highest vest so people from the sort of audience or by the track are marshalling cars too so everything what's happening is much less structured that's why sort of 
the issue crumbles up when there is no struggle of each a free for all in all aspects. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't think there should be like tech and like no, no, calling people no. out and all that stuff, but there should be the basic etiquette, like, hey, if you're gonna hack somebody, give them give them that space. If it's mm -hmm. a mistake, uh, be out there in turn marshal like right after your race. And uh, it, it, it's structured, like, because just like it was in England, um, you went up one way of the rostrum, you went on the other way, and you just put your card on, and you went right out there and tire marshal. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't, go talk to your buddy, go do this. It was go out there and tire marshal, because they had to get done by a certain time. Yeah, lots of lots of stuff, lots of rules, lots of etiquette that have to be learned. Um, yeah. I, I still, to my to to my life, is amazing when you go to a race, a bigger race, and people, you go, I'm going to see it here at Silver State in a couple of weeks. Calling for marshals, calling for marshals. And it's it mm -hmm. slurs up a race program so much. And it's really inconsiderate to the racers, in my opinion. Because mm -hmm. you will want people out there time marshaling for you right away. All right. Next question is from Magnus Bergland out of Sweden. What's up, Magnus? He sent us a video from back in 1987 with some on-road racing. Uh, touring car and he says one thing I noticed was that they use headsets in 1987 I was oh, away did. yeah I mean I could see this they could probably have headsets oh I yeah, mean, yeah for sure but I mean it's it's different technology yeah it's because it like disappeared for many years like you know nobody thought of this I so some people use it he says yeah, who started using the modern version and when was that that's a good question and I thought about this and I'm trying to think when headsets be really became a thing and I have to think it probably was somebody because these look like these trucker headsets that people get like truckers use them mm -hmm. or used to use them I don't know man some people just found these two-way radios and just started using them I'm trying to think who was the first when did you start first seeing them like, obviously it was in America that we first started seeing them I don't know. I saw I saw headsets in like it's about five 13. years ago though. Yeah, but I saw people losing headsets in Finland in 2013. But then those were just like some really expensive like like rally headsets. I tried a few a few times with my dad uh, with our headset, but it was quite. We don't have a proper headset, so we just gave up on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, like way way back, like 2015 or something, but. I started like I remember in in when that ear tech brand came out, which I right. That's the now. first ones I remember. Yeah, so that's that's like 2018, 2018. They're expensive too. They're still expensive. They're like three hundred bucks. Oh yeah, and they are. I think they're more expensive now that they were when they first came out. Yeah, uh, but I think now it's like necessary. Like most people use them. Some yeah, people. I don't think Mayfield yeah. uses them. Mayfield's one of the only pros who I know don't use them. It's fucking crazy. I think it's been a big game changer, though. It has. It helps so much because, yeah. especially like a big track and uh, and stuff like that, where you can't see other cars in a long main, mm -hmm. like some like not they're not just challenge. That must be such a difficult race where you don't know where you're at. Like it's yeah, I'll tell you the first person that I stuff. saw actually using headsets was a guy named Daniel Alkoff. Akoff. He was a fast North Carolina, South Carolina racer. And he used to work for a NASCAR team. And he had a headset that hung right here. It was Word. I don't know if it was a prelude. I don't know if that was the battery or the microphone or whatever. I just remember him having it. And this was like in 2000, early 2000s. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, people, people and I was always using headsets for a long time, but it became a, this big thing in like yeah. 2017, 2018. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question from the coach. What's up, coach? Jeff Werner. How you doing? I was just talking to the coach. He says, with the laws forcing the re reduction in percent in nitro and racing fuel, how does the lower percentage of nitro fuel perform versus the current higher percentage that many of us still run? Any real issues tuning the fuel? We talked about this, but briefly tell us your experience, Max. Yeah, so the lower percentage of nitro, uh, the idle is much harder to tune. So the idle is much more inconsistent. It's it's okay, so it's more consistent when it's correct, but it's much more difficult to keep it so that the idle is low enough so it's nice to drive and uh it's sort of not too low to so it flames out. Oftentimes, especially when the temperature gets hot, you very easily get flame outs with the lower percentage of nitro. Um, with a higher percentage on, on the track, you have more power, especially bottom. On the top, it's not that big of a difference, to be honest. Like I right. It's it's pretty similar, but the bottom is a huge difference. That's where you feel it. Like jumps are much more difficult to do with the 12% than it's with the 25 but on the other hand on very low grip tracks slow speed tracks i actually prefer running the 12 percent because the bottom is so much smoother so you get more feel for the car uh yeah. and uh you get much better mileage too uh the 12 percent has better mileage well yeah um, the lower percentage better so, mileage yeah but the only honest, issue i can see isn't, the, the difference isn't that big as people even I expected before I tried it. You know where it's going to suck? If this race was in where the 2018 Euros were in Portugal, mm -hmm. up at altitude, it's going to suck because you need higher. It's, it's, it's still going to suck because it's going to be so hot. When it's so hot, there's much less oxygen in the air and you get much less power because of that. And then you have less nitro, you get less power because of that. And uh, the engines are going to be really, really hard to keep on idle and really, really hard so that they have enough, any power really. Uh, and even then, like this isn't as high up as the, the previous time we had years in Portugal, but it's still quite high up. So oh, uh, Barcelos. Yeah, it's it's quite high up compared to a lot of different places. in, in Europe. Well, everybody's on 12% there this weekend. So it'd be interesting to see what yeah. their opinions are. But then are. again, it's now it's not that hot. Because it, the, the, the amount of oxygen in the air when the temperature changes 10 to 15 degrees is, 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 is pretty big and it's very noticeable. So mm. the colder it is, the more oxygen in the air and the much easier it is to get the engine to run correctly. Interesting. Interesting. Jay Zellner, he wants to know, what is course attack? He goes, hold on. Uh, where is it exactly? What is a course attack engine that the Viking is running? I mean, I don't know. Can we can we kind of go into details about what it is or no? Uh, well, I don't know any specifics. Yeah. But we, I mean, it's obviously David's running it, and mm. uh, and he's running their electronics and uh, nitro engines, and uh, Adrian Bertin is. Yeah, he's obviously David's mechanic and a long time sort of partner. Uh, so he's he's. Uh, yeah, I think Adrian, I'm not sure exactly if he's the sole man behind it, but he's definitely. 
involved, involved and, and behind the, the product. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that reveal should be coming soon. So yeah. I kind of, I don't want to spoil it. So I just kind of, we can't answer that. I, I mean, we know that's what we know. I'm waiting yeah. for the rest of the details myself. Um, I We hear, but we can't confirm. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, he, I, he's doing pretty good with it so far. Yeah. All right. Brian Brembry, Brembry, Bem, Bembry, Bembry. Sorry if I butchered your last name. When is the Mayako e-buggy coming out? Max, you would know more about that than me. Yeah, so Mayako e-buggies, uh, the prototypes are shipping out right now. Uh, there's still a few left of the prototype version. So if you join the Mayako performance community, you're able to pre-order or order actually now the e-buggies. They're shipping out at the beginning of May. Um, but the production versions are coming out I believe for next winter, or I don't, I'm not sure exactly of the uh, the date in in particular, but it should be uh, 2023 uh, season. Should they should be ready for as production versions? Sweet, Edwin Ortiz. He always says every track is flat. Why are American tracks getting flatter and boring? Uh, he was not happy with the PMB track uh well the number one reason is the fact that you have to build a new track every few months at least twice a year because of the culture of tracks in america where you don't you can't have permanent tracks so imagine having so much dirt that you build actual elevation uh it's it's instead of working for let's say five to six hours you're working 10 to 12 because of the elevation and the, how much dirt you have to dig. Uh, and also finding that much good dirt is, mm -hmm. is a tough job. And then when it rains, it's much harder to maintain. You have to do some kind of drainage. You have to focus yeah. on that. So there's much more things to focus on. And uh, switching the layout around isn't as easy. So and, and also a lot of these American tracks are at sort of uh, uh, fairgrounds or uh sort of compounds which have other sports activities at them so mm -hmm. just bringing up a huge amount of dirt there and building on top of the ground is much more difficult compared to where europe rc tracks are somewhere where they just found space because it's a club holding it they don't need funding from the city or anything like that so you might find rc tracks in europe that are built on onto a hill uh some are built so that it's on higher on the sides or whatever mm -hmm. so there's naturally much more elevation in that versus a track that's buried on a fairgrounds or a well, flat. that's very flat yeah yeah a lot of, lot of i think more jump wise he uh i think one of the most naturally elevated tracks in in the world is like Thunder alley you know what i mean so yeah it's, it's got three levels. Well, wow, like four. It, it, it actually has four levels because it goes down, boom, 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 yeah. and then it goes like the straightaway is usually up sometimes. Yeah. So because it's built into like the side of a hill. Yeah, but it's actually uh, funny though when you say that because like Redovan is like yeah. the right side of the track is probably like five meters or over five meters higher than the left side of the track. Yeah, and the whole straightaway is just uphill, quite steep actually. Yeah, and also uh, this track at Portugal is kind of built into a hill too. This yeah. has got multiple almost, elevations. Almost, almost all tracks in in Europe have some sort of natural elevation in them. We're going to show some pictures of that in the back. And... 
Yeah. All right. We, he also go... wants to know. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, should we go into next to the IBC track now that No, because we have a few more it? questions. So we'll okay, go through yeah. the IBC. So we'll go through these questions and then uh we'll get it. He also wants to know will the Mugen overpriced buggy affect the market by other brands following their steps? I think so. I don't think Mugen buggy is overpriced, it's just adjusting the price and every other brand yeah. is adjusting as well. I don't think RC has to go up at some point. Yeah. You know, yeah. it goes up. Yeah. So and we discussed it with Tony, but just the shipping costs are yep. so much bigger these days. So that yeah. yeah, it's it's not Mugen buggy is overpriced. Mugen was the first one to release a buggy with the new price. Yeah, price and also material prices and yeah. shipping even, prices. Even AE they released. I mean, I think the buggy is much more expensive now. Can't yeah. remember the exact price. But... Eddie Henley, I believe he is the owner of Hooser Hobbyplex, badass. Um, 10 scale track. He wants to know, here's one. Why are sponsorships that kill local hobby shops with tracks handed out like candy? That's easy because sponsorship business model is the business model that the RC mm -hmm. industry decided to follow. And I get it when tracks complain about it, but I'm also been on the point. I'm also been a manager or, or sales guy trying to get my products, you know, JQ products in your hobby shop. Mm -hmm. And there's not enough, you know, it's, it's hard. Like, you know what I mean? So much product out there. Very little, it's it's a lot of product out there, very little people to use it. And tracks have to, I understand that tracks have to buy stuff that they can make a return on, that people will buy. And I get it. Having a whole, whole wall of JQ racing parts at your track for two racers don't make sense, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it's it's very simple. It's just business, really, because if you think about it, if you're a manufacturer, you produce an arm, it costs you $3 to produce, it costs you $2 to ship and, and package. So you have spent $5 on this. Would you rather sell it at $9 to a hobby shop and they sell it to a customer in, at $15? Or would you give a customer a 30% deal off and then sell it to a customer at $12. You make $3 more and you don't have to worry about finding dealers. You don't have to worry about finding a perfect ship to dealers because the customer pays for shipping. The customer buys from you. You just set up a web shop and ship from your factory like you normally do. Same with kits. For a $350 kit, you spend 100, 150 bucks to package and produce and ship. And then you sell it to the hobby shop with like two two twenty, and then the hobby shop sells it at three fifty. Would you rather sell that kit at two seventy five, uh, straight to the customer? It's 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 very simple, and that's why it works, because the hobby shops have to have some sort of a profit margin. The 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 uh, actual manufacturers can afford to give out thirty forty. I mean, oftentimes the profit margin is 50%. So you can give out 50% deals and still make the same amount of money as you used to with hobby shops. Yeah, that's pretty much it, how it works. It's hard, man. It's hard to get your product into hobby shops, man. And yeah. it's hard for hobby shops to make money and they have to be hitting it on all. Oh, I always say you got to be hitting this on all three fronts. You got to have a good storefront. You got to have and it can't like, and when you focus on just RC racing, you you can't. You have to also do some bashing. You have to have that. The bashing is what's going to keep the RC racing alive. The bashing mm -hmm. is what's going to get new people into it. 
And you have to have a good track, a good shop, and a good online biz- presence and, and business. Well, if you're not going to do online shop, like online shopping, then just have a good presence. Uh, and like the sponsorship thing, it's not going to be. Like, it's not. No, I don't see it going to be anytime just, soon. Just as I explained it, as long as our industry works this way, there <laughs> is no monetary incentive to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Because until the racers stop sending resumes, and the companies have started to ask me for sponsored drivers, then then that's an issue. But as long as drivers are sending their resumes freely to saying, hey, I'm happy to buy your products at a more expensive price than that hobby shop right by me uh, and write a contract so that I'll keep doing it for a few years. As long as racers keep doing that, sending their resumes out to do that, this will keep going, ha- going to happen. And hobby shops will end up dying. I agree. Jason Reedy, how does RC grow into the future and what does the future look like if you could paint the picture? Let's be real quick about this. I, I, my, my mind's changing a lot lately. You go first. I think RC is looking great. I think RC is steering towards on the social media and TikTok, bashing has taken a huge, huge step forwards. Arma and, uh, and Traxxas are doing quite well. Uh, they're growing uh, all the time. Uh, see mid lauders uh, smaller rtr brands like corley and and um absima they have a lot of rtr stuff that i've seen have done really well i know for a fact because i worked at a hobby shop that the rtr sell for it's it's insane how much they sell the the racing side of their hobby business which has been the biggest side for in the past is right now like probably not even 10 percent most of it is just rtr sales so in in my opinion rc has a good ground to stand on now what happens to rc racing it's a lot down to what how we portray it and what we do about it that's why i'm here every week saying live rc and and race time and and dnc need to do this and this and this because they have the attendance they have the audience but they lack some of the professionality and the way to portray RC where it's possible to grow as a professional sport. And I'm always here also criticizing RCGP if they do something wrong. In my opinion, they have the right path. I hope they succeed. I think they're doing mostly right things, apart from some issues, obviously still still in the program, which you and Joseph went through after the first event. But not to get too much stuck on that, I think on the racing side, we need to make some changes to keep RC more professional or make RC more professional rather and make it an actual professional sport. But on the side of bashing, on the side of RC being a hobby hobby for a lot of people, that's not going away and that's growing in my opinion all the time. Yeah, that's pretty good. I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I'm going to add this. Bashing is awesome. It's great. I love it. I'm geeking out on it. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to put it on my YouTube, boats, cars, what I can get my hands on because that's all the RC I can do. That's the gateway drug. We're still trying to figure out how we get those guys from there to where we are. Why, like Mark Santamaria, he's trying to do that, bridge that gap. I always say 80,000 people, if if we get 10,000 racers from the 80,000 subscribers that Mark Santamaria has, that will boost RC immensely right that's 
10,000 more guys racing RC cars. There's 10,000 more people probably listening to this stuff because they're going to be geeking out with what we geek out with. All this type of stuff. Everybody, 10,000 more people in RC, 1,000 people in RC racing RC cars is great tomorrow. If 1,000 people started racing RC cars tomorrow, it boosts the industry, believe it or not. Um, new people. I want 10,000. I, I, just, I just think, and we have to be more, we have to be, I think we have to be more aggressive with what we're doing. We have to show more pride in what we're doing as RC racers. Stop calling them toy cars every time, you know, we get embarrassed. And we have to be a little bit more professional with the professional RC guys, make it more entertaining. We need to feed into, people think I'm crazy because I make up these nicknames for these drive, these drivers and I talk like this and I make up this because in my, in my brain, all this stuff's playing out. Like, you know what I mean? I can see how cool it is to have these guys racing and what they can potentially be and what this can potentially be and what a good rivalry will do her and what this storyline going into this. And I try my best to put that out in this podcast, into my social media, whatever writing I do, give them nicknames, put some personality to these guys, put some charisma to them, even though they're kind of scared of it. So, um, all of that has to happen in RC for things to change. And right now we're still kind of nervous about all that stuff. And we just have to get more aggressive, be more open and be proud that we race RC cars. Simple as that. I think if we start being proud of what we do, then more people will take it seriously. Treat it big and everybody else will treat it big. But on a bashing side, it uh, it's pretty good. All right, we got two more questions. Axel Ernst, he was the one who was complaining about you droning. He goes, why does Max need to drone when I keep repeating his point after you said, I get it, let's move on. This is true, Max. Yeah, like JQ. I'm like, okay, JQ, I get it. Let's move on, you win. But don't you see? Let's just beat the dead horse until it's dead and buried and fucking turned because to dust. I've, I've, uh, I've discussed with people enough to know that people don't get the point uh, <laughs> on the first try. Uh, and even if some do not, and most likely some and a lot will do on the first try a lot won't and then we'll get comments on oh he doesn't get this he's uh, this and this and he's arrogant and doesn't understand america or whatever the argument is <laughs> but yeah I, I do keep joining on all right don't join on about this that's it no more joining. <clears throat> last question from my boy ekj24000 check him out he just had a great uh, interview with Paul Coleman. Check him out on YouTube. YouTube, isn't he? EKJ twenty four thousand. Corey Jordan. Check him out on Facebook. Check him out on Instagram. Dread twenty four thousand. Left tire salute. Yeah. How important is it to be mentally tough in RC racing, and how can you develop your mental toughness in RC racing? That's actually an amazing question because, and also when we discussed the headphones previously. The headphones help me personally to know where I'm at at the race, because oftentimes when you lose touch of the leaders, you just sort of mentally start giving up. You start to overdrive. You're like, I'm not with the leading pack. I need to now start driving faster than to catch up. For some reason, I will, I can do it if I focus on it and I don't lose focus, but in 45 minutes, you're going to have to lose focus at some point, it's just bound mm -hmm. to happen. That headphones and the fact that my dad tells me, oh, you're 10 seconds behind, your pace is good, just wait for mistakes or whatever, and I'll keep doing my pace and keeping my sort of my rhythm going. 
without the headphones, without knowing where the drivers in front are, it, that's so much harder to do. And that's why, in my opinion, Mayfield is so strong, like insanely strong, where he doesn't have that knowledge of where the other cars are, but he's able to keep his pace up, not blow out, and win these races, even though he has that little bit of a gap. That's where I think, for example, now to take sort of this competitive and professional aspect of this into account, Fend isn't as good at. When he isn't in the lead, when he has made those mistakes in the start, even though he probably has the headphones and the info from Barry or he's for whoever his mechan- mecha- mechanic is, he doesn't have that sort of mental strength or trust in his car or whatever it is. I don't, I don't want to say what his issue in, in particular is, but he doesn't have that what Mayfield has where that mental toughness have given him so many wins in these past two years. So yes, it's insanely, insanely a big thing. And uh, other drivers, Robert Vati, who I know is like, he could be dead last 30 seconds away from the lead after like five minutes. And in his head, I don't know what he thinks, but he drives like he's fighting for the win. And he drives and catches cars, doesn't make mistakes, keep his pace up. And eventually in the end, he oftentimes catches the leader and can win. So a lot of drivers don't have that ability. I don't, I know, I know I don't. And uh, it's a very, very hard thing to do. And you can even look at F1. People often hate Lewis Hamilton, oh, he needs a good car. But he's one of the guys who can be back of the pack and then just get his mind into the game and start driving and then catch everyone and win. Some drivers are just able to do that. And he's not doing that right now, though, unfortunately. No, but I mean, his car is pretty shit. But last yes. year, you saw like Brazil. Uh, there's so many places where like he has done that. I'm not saying like Verstappen or Leclerc can't do that. They obviously can too. But Hamilton is just a great example because I personally followed F1 for so long and I've seen him do it so many times. And in RC, like Robert Battier and, and Mayfield these days, before he wasn't as good at it. But these days, he's been very good at it. So, and in my opinion, that's just mental toughness, nothing else. All right. Uh, I don't know how to build mental toughness. It's something that you can only do for yourself. You know what I mean? Then you look at somebody like Ronafalk, who's like, I'm going to win every race. You know what I mean? Yeah. Super confident. Think, even though I, I, I do like David, I think he's not the I don't think David's strength is his mental toughness. Rather, his preparedness and he knows his limits and he knows what he needs to do. That's his strength. He he does what he needs to do and he knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. And he 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 has a very good program always. And he knows yes, what he But he's also super confident. But I get what you're saying. He's he, got to get to he, that point he's where... A, he's a kind of that guy who sort of just knows what to do when things go bad and gets mm-hmm. his... Like he said, he's in... Like, he can make mistakes on the wrong times. That's what I'm sort of saying. And some of these guys don't do that. But David has other strengths that why he's a world champion, why he's a double European champion in eight scale, and all of that. Yeah. So, Great question. Great question, Corey. Yeah. Some good questions this week. Good questions. Good questions. All right, Max. We're going to go on to the Techno RC main interview with Tyler and Sean. Then we'll come back for a conclusion, have a look at the IBC track, Look at NNRC points and look at that cool car real quick. 
So thank you everybody for your questions. We greatly appreciate it. We enjoy the Beach RC Bench Racing Q&A. Thank you to Beach RC for their continued support of this podcast and this segment. Remember guys, we have an affiliate link in the written description of this podcast. If you guys can use that, it helps us out, helps Beach RC out, and we greatly appreciate it. Uh, so check it out uh, and um, keep those questions coming because we do enjoy them. Now we go on to the Techno RC main interview about King of the Streets with Tyler Zavadu of RC Drag Talk and my good buddy, Sean Russin. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC, excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. So joining me this week is uh, my two of my good friends, uh, my buddy Tyler Savado of RC Drag Talk and my good friend Sean Russin of of RC Drag Talk Missing Link Podcast. And just, I mean, these guys are just, they've turned into really good friends of mine. Uh, they're super like RC enthusiasts. Like they like everything RC, which I think is cool. They focus more on the no prep uh, bashing and Sean boats, cause Sean and I are like boat bedrooms right now. But I'd like to welcome Tyler and Sean of, you know, they just had a very successful King of the Streets. Congratulations, Tyler. Congratulations, Sean, to you guys. And I just want to tell people how we met, if they don't know. I actually known Sean for some time now because he's he's been listening to the podcast since like the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I finally met uh, him and Tyler at BNC 2020. And they were telling me about this King of the Street race. And I was like, wow, that sounds so cool. And I think the payout was how much back then in 2020, Tyler? So the first one was uh, $4,700. The second year we paid out eighteen five and this year was uh twenty thousand on the money awesome dude congratulations um i was super stoked when you told me about this in 2020 and i was like wow forty five hundred dollars in my wildest dreams i never would have thought we'd see 20k payout but 20k payouts but like forty five hundred dollars eight thousand dollar payouts now and no prep is is normal it seems yeah Yep. Yeah, that's that's kind of like the going rate is about five grand is what you're going to win if you show up to one of these races. Really? Um, yeah, the normal, like, just weekend race, I'm probably going to cruise to one tonight in San Diego. Uh, I think it's $50 buy-in, winner takes all. So that's going to be roughly three grand tonight with, you know, 30 people showing up. So <laughs> Someone's getting paid. Yeah, yeah someone's I mean, getting paid tonight. I mean, but you know, cause you're in RC, so these cars aren't cheap. You know, no, I they mean, aren't. the amount, the amount of money we put into these cars, and the amount of money we spend on tires and gears and motors to go test every weekend to make sure we stay competitive, mm-hmm. gets expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's nice for the ordinary average Joe guy to be able to go and make some money back on the weekend playing with mm-hmm. RC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I wasn't about money racing. I like it in drag racing. I do. I really do because it's very hard to, you know, it's one straight. It's one straight. If you go over the line, if you hit the wall, it's 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 pretty easy to see who wins or loses. I like it in off road too, 
but it's it's a little bit different. But we have off we have a we have a big race, um, big money race coming up. We're going to touch on that because it also is something that Sean and you guys are into as well on the full scale side. But let's focus on let's just give some give you guys some props real quick. If you guys don't know, they got a podcast called the Missing Link RC Podcast. It's all about the other side of RC from what we talk about her. It's about no prep, anything that they want, like no prep, U4 racing, bashing. Uh, it's just two dudes and a guest getting together and talking about RC. Uh, check them out. I believe you guys are on all, most of the, all the podcast apps. You're not on YouTube, but check them out. Give them a like. They have fun. These are just, look, I'll be honest with you. I think it's a, I don't go a week without talking to Sean about RC. <laughs> And this has been going on for about four years now. So yep. now we're both on boats and I'm, I'm, see, see, you got the yellow in the back, just Sean, you got the yellow in the back. So I my, see it. Hopefully yeah. we get it finished today. All right. King of the streets, 2022. Wow. Three days long. I like that. Um, yeah, we tried to split it up and make it a little, a little easier, but it ended up being a little harder on the crew. Uh, well, it definitely kicked mine and the crew's ass doing it three days instead of one day. Really? Uh, we, we all felt it when we came back. Yeah, we, I mean, we kept going the whole event because me and Sean are nutcases, you know us. Oh, I so saw you guys all the time. We I were up watching. at four and, a, and asleep at past midnight every night, and uh, we just kept on rolling, you know? And uh, But, yeah, the, the Monday when we got home, we were we were feeling it. Oh, I imagine. I imagine. Uh, so let's let's talk about this. How many entries did you guys have? Well, participants, uh, because there's one entry, right? One one driver, one entry, or how does it work? So we had qualifying on Friday, mm -hmm. and that was open to as many people that wanted to try to make it, and we take the top 256. Uh, this year, we had 224 people try to make it on Friday, mm -hmm. and a couple of them ended up having issues. A couple of them, you know, didn't feel their car was competitive, so they didn't even bother showing back up on Saturday. Really? Uh, so racing, I believe we had two sixteen. Okay. So, so now did people pay to qualify as well, and then just yes. to show up? So it was twenty five dollars to qualify and try to make it on the board, mm -hmm. and then so we were we were assuming we were going to get more than two fifty six this year. So we were trying to figure out a way of who makes the race and who doesn't. And right. then uh, it come Saturday, you pay your hundred bucks and you race. Well, maybe, maybe it was some guys, maybe beginners that came and they were like, okay, maybe this is a little bit too much than, than what I thought. And but I know I mean, a couple people had like tire blowouts and didn't bring spare tires or, you know, they blew up their transmission and didn't bring a spare trans. Like the, this stuff happens in no prep just as much as it does in off-road. Mm, so, okay. I mean, if, if you crash at the top end and destroy your chassis, you're pretty much done unless you brought a full backup car. And, and so it, it's a whole nother, I mean, it's the same as every level mm -hmm. of RC, you know, you could break and be done that easy. Awesome. All right. So qualifying was on Friday and that took yep. all day. Yep. They had, uh, they had nine hours or something like that to come and make their two qualifying hits at whatever time they wanted to make. So okay. if you wanted to test the surface in the morning and just bang out both of them and then we had a guy show up. He made both of his hits before 8 a.m. and left and went to work on Friday and then, <laughs> and then came back on Saturday to race. Yeah, because he was a Vegas local. Smart. So dude. it worked out for him. Uh, mm -hmm. But we had guys that wanted to, you know, test what's it going to be Saturday night. If we make it to Saturday night, how's the mm -hmm. how's the track going to be? So we had guys that were just waiting until 
the track got to where they wanted it to be, and then they would make their qualifying hit. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. All right, so let's talk about the day, the, the Saturday and Sunday, because that's when the, the, the thing started. I was watching it on Mod. He did a great job, by the way. Um, I just saw, like, again, I watched this, and I'm kicking myself in the ass for not staying the extra week and coming out there, but budget is budget, and I had to get back home. I feel you. I definitely want to come to this event next year, uh, mostly because of the atmosphere, it looks like. You know what I mean? It. Uh, I said this the first time. It, it reminds me of old school, probably uh, off-road racing, lots of vendors, lots of, um, you know, because this, as far advanced as this has come, this is still very much a lot of people at home still doing a lot of this work in their garages and a lot of tinkering and a lot of, lot of that type of stuff going on because this is still new in a developing class at the same time uh so but the racing is developing and and i watched the race go from your first race where it finished like i think it finished like one something in the morning at night and i know you guys are trying to keep it as real as possible and i was like man i think you should i I think i remember saying to you i think you should make it two days or whatever or something like that uh i think the three-day thing is is good because a lot of people can come up they can enjoy vegas they can still party Maybe some people party too hard and don't make their race the next day. Um, <laughs> but that's Vegas. That's how it goes. Uh, I, I, I think more people can make an event of it. I mean, you can make an event out of it one day, but you have three days spread out. You guys are laughing like that happened to all of you. <laughs> I mean, me and I mean, Sean went and partied every night after do, working months. the whole event. So if we can make it back down there at 445 in the next morning, you got no excuse to miss your race because we were out there partying with all the racers all night, every night. And we're oh, up what's the atmosphere? Were people just hanging out at the track, or how was that? Um, so the track we had to be off property by uh, six p.m. Uh, oh, that okay. was the hotel's rules. So pretty much everybody went over to the hotel, and we all just kicked it around the tables or at the bar in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, having it at the hotel was probably the best move we've made yet because a lot of people were able to just stay on site. I did not realize it was at a hotel. Which hotel was it at? It was at the M Resort or M Resort Spa Casino. Yeah, uh, in Henderson. So it was on like the north side of uh, Vegas. It was a nice hotel. They were great. Worked with us awesome. So yeah. Did you get anybody, any non RC traffic out there at all throughout the day? Yes. Quite a bit, man. So it was uh, NHRA four wide was the same weekend. And uh, I saw. My brother came out on Thursday and hung out with us while we were doing track setup. He's a he's a pit crew member for NHRA. Really? Uh, and he was spreading he was spreading the word. So one of the teams made their qualifying hits on Friday and then skipped qualifying on Saturday to come watch racing. So they wow. they they just left their car in the trailer and came out to our race to watch. Um Mayfield came out I just saw to that. watch. I saw that. Um who did he bring? Rono was there. Yeah, Jason Rifkin was, was there. there. Rifkin, uh, uh, all those guys, they had a great time. Um, Eustace from MIP yep. came out and had a good there. time. Uh, it was just awesome to see the support from the big names in our mm-hmm. industry, you know, mm-hmm. let alone full-size industry. People from the hotel, like, yeah. that worked there that knew it was going on, they came out. Like, the, the lady that we talked to, um, the property man or the building manager or whatever she came out and looked at it a couple times sweet they were really the hotel was actually very accommodating they were really stoked we were there of course we were making them money too mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also i mean they're you know 
there's definitely talk of another one. So well, I it's think a it's a nice spot. Yeah. It's it's the reason why I'm going to uh Silver State in two weeks because it's just so convenient. It's right mm-hmm. at the hotel. Just mm-hmm. go upstairs, do my work, like edit. You know, it's just so easy. No yeah. car needed, all that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. great. I think it's great. Um what did you learn from this race to take it into the next one? Mm. Shut down. Yeah, <laughs> make make the shutdown area a little bit wider. Um, plastic barriers. To plastic I did see barriers that. instead of metal yeah. barriers, so it's a little bit smoother of a wall for them that, to bump off of. The last, the top end is very destructive, and yeah. uh, for sure, like we saw some cars win a race and then crash, and it was it's heartbreaking to see that happen. To see someone win the race and then their car get destroyed, and then they got to frantically, mm-hmm. they have the parts like we were just talking, get it fixed. And then some just don't and you won the race. And then now there's a buy-in race going on because that guy's car's out. So it caused a lot of. So the buy-in, let's go back. The buy-in, just explain that to me real quick. Mm-hmm. No. So like, so if say it was me and Sean paired up for the next round, but the round before Sean broke and doesn't have the parts. Now I get a solo pass. Down oh, a buy, a buy, oh, yeah, a, a buy. Pass, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So I thought you um, said buy in like, you know, so okay. we don't do buy back. We don't do none of that. You okay. get one shot. Uh, you know, it's like one, one opportunity, just like real drag cars. You mm-hmm. get your mm-hmm. car and you pay your entry fee and you race. There's no two cars per entry. We don't do none of that. Dude, these cars have gotten so fast now. I oh, was... yeah, we saw 83 miles an hour a couple of times. We saw a 1.698 or something like that. Um, that was the fastest ET we saw all weekend. The The products, the technology, the tires, the ESCs, the software, everything's changing almost mm-hmm. every week. I see that. Yep. Uh, and, and it's exploding. Every It seems like every month there's a new company out doing something. Mm. You know, um, there's a new chassis coming or, or one of the chassis manufacturers have come up with a new chassis. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's hot. I mean, it's very, very hot and everybody's scampering to figure out what I know. I noticed that I see guys selling three K sub two second cars on the internet, $3,000 sub two second cars on the internet. Now that sounds expensive to me. But I understand the amount of work and time and effort that goes into get a car below two that's, seconds. That's what I was going to say. I don't understand Probably. it because I've never done it, but it's, I've seen you guys do it. Uh, obviously, I've been watching. I watch from afar. I haven't been into the no prep as much as I have because it did get a little bit crazy. I don't know who was going where. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I don't know what was really going on with it. But I do like this race, and I, you know, and I and and um. I, I, I'm always going to be excited for this race because you guys are my boys. And I just think it's the, the first one, the biggest and the baddest. And it's, I think it's just going to get bigger. And a female one this year, which yeah. is freaking awesome, in my opinion. Yes, and absolutely. Dude, so for people to understand this, she had to, how many times did she have to race to get to, the, to win it? I think it was nine total hits. Wow. And she was racing against who are considered some of the best, like a lot of the, the top guys went out, like, I think, like, Mark Vine. Who did she race in the end? Mark Vine went out first round. Uh, really? He hit, the, he, hit the, he crossed right at the center line and took out the sensors. And if you take out track equipment, you're out. Oh. So, uh, yeah, he went that out first. I believe it was first, maybe second round, but it was early. Yeah. And uh, she ended up racing Bill Smashy from San Diego in the finals. Uh, that guy's got a cool last name. And he's fast. 
Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I test with him all the time. I've seen him consistently run one-eighths, one-sevens, one really? just like she was running. They On paper, it should have been a bumper-to-bumper race. Um, in the burnout, he blew a belt, and he decided to descend it, and you heard it flapping the whole way down the track, and he was still right there with her. A belt in the tire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. But she had some really good reaction time, too. Yeah, so really that's good. the thing is she was girls winning ninety percent of those races on the tree because girls have amazing reaction time. Girls have a faster reaction time than boys. That's what they say. Females yeah. have a faster yeah, reaction time. True. But this is RC. It is. It doesn't matter if you're female, male, whatever. It doesn't 100%. matter if you're in a wheelchair or whatever. As long as you can pull that trigger. But in drag, wheel. in drag, reaction time is is not everything, but <laughs> it makes a huge difference if you if you have a very quick reflex. Well, she definitely, she kicked ass. Nine times, oh, yeah, she, she won, won 20K. What type of car does she drive? So I know she's R1. on Team That's Rockwell. Um, it's an R1-powered car. I believe it's an R1 chassis as well. Um, most of that team is running. I believe it's R1 an associated car. tranny. Yeah, it's it? an associated B6 trans, but it's a, it's a chassis plate made by R1. Yeah. Okay. R1 associated. Yeah. Right. So R1 is like Dibs and the Hawaiian guy for the tattoos that I met yeah, him at Jay DNC this year. And uh, Yancey, our LA boy, and then yeah. Rockwell and uh, Sam from Colorado. That's basically the team. Right. But you know what? I think for the grand aspect of things, having a female win this was the only other better thing that could have been better was maybe a young, a young racer winning yep. this. Yep. But Absolutely. This goes to show because I want more females into racing. I believe racing. we had four. I really, believe, Sean? Was it three or four that we ended up I having a race? Four because yeah, just just Samantha and Steph is two, and I know for a fact there was another one from Five Star. I don't remember yep. her name. There's definitely three, so I'm gonna say there's four. Was that girl yeah. Jasmine there? No, Jasmine okay. didn't make no. it. Um, it was like her mom's birthday weekend or something, so she couldn't make it out. Okay. But I mean, Samantha won it. That's great. I mean, she just, like, I mean, you can't ask for better promotion. And I want more females to get into racing. And I want the females that are in off-road racing to look at this and say, like, they know, like, hey, this is viable. We can do this. Mm-hmm. And they can because there's some fast females out there. Fast female oh, racers yeah. out there. So My girls got excited. They were all, you know, they watched it on YouTube. And I was getting text messages from them all. Girl power oh, and all yeah, that, good, you know. And they, they got all pumped. Need. And, you know, Yes, Bella has raced RC a little bit with me. My my wife, she's mm-hmm. pretty much like, yeah, that's between you. Um, but I mean, she got pumped about the race, so that's Good. just saying something there. You know what I mean? Someone Good. that's not really into RC got excited about a female winning that race. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited that a female won that race. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, her. And just for clarification, second doesn't get anything. First gets everything, or did nothing. you guys nothing. nothing? You go home with a pat on your back. Good job. Good. I mean, they they do end up getting. They got stuff. a race. You know what they I mean. They got a race. Um, That's what they get. You get a oh. race, and you you open your eyes to a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so Smashy was an unsponsored driver, and he's had quite a few companies reach out. To oh, him I can imagine. Since, I can imagine since the race has been over, since he did very good. Um, now no, you don't get none of the prize money, but, but you, you get the- do get opportunities to better your race program for the next year. Okay. Yep. Where, okay. Where did Tim Smith finish? Because I didn't see the results. Where did he finish? I he think he okay. went out third round. 
Okay. I think he made it to third round. Yeah. But is this so? I guess I because when I was watching this, I guess I watched a lot of the lower mains and it was like, you know, these kind of like average people. A lot of them couldn't go straight. A lot of them were hitting the walls, or even some guys who had buys almost lost because they were crossing the line, line yeah. or whatever. So I I, I assumed that. The, Am I wrong in assuming those are like new people, but or, or can these guys who have experience do the same thing because maybe they hit it wrong or maybe they chose the wrong thing because it's it's such a little bit of time to get everything like you know in okay in off road you have sixty minutes or five minutes you have I don't even points of tenths of seconds to make adjustments in drag racing to keep that thing straight. So, and, and people think it's easy, but I'm looking at this and I can see the mistakes people are making. You know what I mean? A lot of it is is um, the guys, the good guys. They'll let's just take you know one driver. He his car's doing really really well, and he'll say, "Well, I'm going to put a little more power to it, mm. and I'm going to tighten the clutch up a little bit, mm -hmm, and that's mm -hmm. when it bites him in the butt." Mm -hmm. You know that might have not been, it might have been too much. It might not have been the right decision. But that's when you'll see a top driver or someone that does really well perform like that. It's just because he just he took and he put it all in and and tightened her down and mm -hmm. and it didn't and it slipped and hit the wall. Yeah, so, yeah, but that's also preps, my, maybe why he wins too. Tire prep could have yep. been off, but tire preps don't mix. So if you staged in it in maybe a different spot at the line and your tire one tire mixed with a different prep. Oh, yeah. Now you might be spinning on one tire instead of instead of sticking. So, I mean, yeah. there's plenty of variables in the in the drag racing game. A lot of it is mental. So mm -hmm. when you're standing on the sideline between rounds watching other people race, and you see a pass that looks smoother and faster than yours, you're gonna run back to the laptop and put more in it, or you're gonna go <laughs> tighten the clutch like Sean said because you want to be the fast guy. And mm -hmm. you, it, most people don't understand that consistency is key samantha ran the same number all weekend really? she qualified pretty close to the number she ran as soon as racing started as soon as racing started she knew what the track was going to take she put a little more in it and then stayed at that number all through the rounds awesome mm -hmm. i'm just so happy that a female won the only thing that could have made me happier was a a, a, a young person winning a young kid yep. yeah so congratulations to you guys i i, I think I'm watching this event. I'm watching. I'm watching what both of you are doing. You, you're super active, Tyler. With your your photography is getting great. I see what you're doing. RC drag talk is growing. We've had many conversations about this. Sean, you're like my dude for bashing. I, but you race too. You haven't raced in a while. Though. You haven't raced off road in a while. It. Yeah, it's been a little while. I raced out at CTRC a while back okay, ago, good. but. No, I've I've been racing boats. I know. Uh, I know. We're gonna tr we're gonna touch on boats. I know you want to talk about boats, but we're gonna talk. We're gonna yeah, finish talking about drag racing here, yeah. and then you four. And I want to get you guys' opinion on a few things. But I want to touch on boats because it's a big race this weekend or next weekend in Atlanta for for boats. I think. Oh really? Yeah. A Namba race or a, yeah, a, a Namba race like big okay. twins and all that stuff. Guys are racing. This is a big race and in Atlanta. Don't you got a big one coming up too, Sean? Yeah, next Lake month on the weeks? next month on the seventh. Nice. All right, um, so let's talk about the evolution of no prep. So when I kind of got out of no prep or stopped paying attention to it, it was kind of like when Big Chief kind of got involved. You know, he made a post about race promoters and all this type of stuff, and I and I agreed with him on that post. And that was last year, I think, sometime this was. And I haven't, I kind of zoned up because it was a lot of, it seemed to be like, well, off-road kicked in, and I was busy with that. And then 
it seemed like it was a lot of lot of Facebook fighting and drama coming out of that. And I know, I know, like I know all about that because I get involved in stuff like that too. But um, I just want to know, like this, this, this hot, this part, this niche in the hobby has developed so much. I think it's now. I gotta ask these. These are these are positive and negative questions. Is it developing too fast? Are we seeing it go away from its roots a little bit? Because like I was looking at all the car bodies and it was very similar. So, you know, I get it more, more airflow and all that stuff. I liked, I always liked the no prep thing for the awesome looking Nova bodies and all that type of stuff. And we don't see that no more. No, I get it. Money is involved. I get it. It's a different ball game now. So as you guys being, I consider you Tyler, like one of the founders of this, you know what I mean? One of the first fathers of getting all this stuff going. I, I love seeing it getting bigger and all this type of stuff. But how can we, is it going to get, I don't want it to see get like short course did in our world. So short course came along, you know, uh, Traxxas bought it in. It was great. It got a lot of new people in and I get it. It went a little extreme and we got, you know, it went crazy and it got just like any other offer class, but with more expensive bodies and all that type of stuff is, is no prep there now. Is it still in a good, I think the difference is no prep. You're making money though. You know what I mean? And it's a bigger difference. And it's it's something that everybody can do, but it's a lot of new technology coming out with this. Um, like I said, the only thing for me is I like the old school type bodies. I wish we could get back to that, but I understand why. But talk to me about these, the, the tires, man. That's what I'm seeing right now too, is the air tire. Some guys are running, I think, cause obviously look, I see a lot of what Tim posts as well. And what people post, I just glance over it, but I know air tires with air valves or something was a big thing for a while. And for me, it seems like it's not about chassis. You know, it's not about like, you know, I know in American sport, motorsports, it's like Ford versus Chevy versus, it seems now it's like ESC and motors versus each other more than anything. So it's like R1 versus Tekken versus McLaren. I don't know any other hobby wing is, are they in there? I don't know. So. Tell me a little bit about that, how it's developed. I saw Big Chief come in. Yeah, I haven't seen much from him lately. I know there was a lot of drama and the technology that has developed rapidly. Rapidly. Yeah, te technology is definitely going crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Software updates for ESCs are, are going crazy on all the manufacturer levels. They're all doing it. They're all trying to figure out what's the next thing they can do to push that to the limit to be faster than the other competitor um the as far as like the scale side goes that's pretty much gone in outlaw okay um nobody there they don't care how the car looks they want it to perform at top level okay um locally in most of the local scenes there is still a 13.5 blinky class or maybe even a 13.5 boosted class depending on where you live mm -hmm. um and those you do still see more of the truck bodies, the Novas, the GTOs, because in 13.5, the aerodynamics doesn't really matter as much. We're all limited on the same power. Okay. Outlaw, you need to find the body that works best for your power plant. Gotcha. How much are these bodies running now? How many different uh, body manufacturers out there now? Ooh. I think we got like six or seven manufacturers in the in the body game alone. 
Never uh, chassis. 50 bucks, 60 bucks for a body. Okay, yeah. not bad. Shitty chassis are about what I want to say, maybe 10 or 12 manufacturers making drag chassis, and those vary anywhere between like 200 bucks to 800 bucks, depending on how crazy you're going. So, our guys, so I remember when you first did this, I think it was, uh, was it Jacob Leader? Leader? He won this on a, he, did he win it? Uh, no, he made it to the finals at the second one. Right. Okay. So, or uh, somebody, uh, whoever was, was using like a pretty much stock DR10. Yeah. Are we seeing that still? Yeah. Uh, okay. So there was a there was a guy out there. He ran one nine nine or something on a on a stock DR10 chassis with a, I want to say a Reedy EOC. So it's pretty still pretty simple, you know. Um, he was pitted with John. Uh, he got tons of help from John okay. uh, at Associated. So, but yeah, we are still seeing factory level cars. Um, Good. Even the new, the new mid motor Associated car from Associated was ran by John all okay. weekend, mm -hmm. and it was very competitive. Um, because the chassis doesn't really matter. Like me yeah. and Sean, we can get into that. We're all running a certain weight. So there's okay. a weight limit we have to achieve, right? It's 20, 40 grams. You have to be 20, 40 grams. You can't be any lighter than that. Okay. Well, we've all figured out now that the sweet spot is right around 2,300 grams. So everybody's basically running right around 2,300 grams in order to plant the tire and mm. achieve the ET we're achieving. If you Stop. go too light, you're going to get too much tire spin. There so are a factory chassis is going to help you. A carbon chassis, you got to go and then bolt all sorts of brass weight all over the car. Right, right, right. It gets a little bit too much. Go ahead, Sean. You wanted to say something. No, what I was just going to say, there are differences in the chassis that people are looking for. They're looking for what kind of kick-up adjustment, mm. if any, on the front end, which is huge. What does and that also, do for the car with kick-up? Because I know onward cars don't like to have kick-up. You don't want kick-up. You don't okay, want to on, on a drag no. car. You want it as flat as possible. Okay. And then the other thing is the ability to be able to raise your transmission. Um, that's another huge one. Moving your transmission up or down for gearing. Um, these yes. are oh, for the spurgers. Yeah, they want to put a big monster ninety-two spur, uh, ninety-three. You know, dude, some one hundred sixes. Like you got yeah, every huge, gear ratio huge, you can think so of now. You what turn motors are guys running in these things? So I know oh, like Yancey's car. I test with Yancey all the time. He has the R1 car. His trans is lifted 12 millimeters off the chassis. Damn, that's not a little bit. <laughs> no. That's quite a bit. But he runs like 106, 103 spur gears right. uh, okay. on, a on either a 2.5 or a three-turn motor, depending on the road. That's crazy. Can you people know, run shock tower placement, shock placement in the rear is big as well, you know. So there's a lot, just like anything else in RC, right. there's a lot of things that you're paying attention to, to the chassis as well. Shock placement, tranny placement, your kick up, your squat, all of that, mm -hmm. all matters. It all is very, 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 very important. So, but still, I, you, so what you're saying is if I went and got one of the newest, what is it? The new DR10 ME or something like that. Yeah. If I got one of them, put a few hop ups on it and stuff like that, got a good ESC, got a good program tires. I can still be competitive with that pretty much. Yes, sir. Okay, mm -hmm. that's good. That's good. Maybe, maybe um, I don't know. Instead of maybe you can still have the thirteen five class, but maybe have an outlaw class that's old. That's like car has to look like a real car or something. I don't know. Maybe like for the guys who are purists and like the 
But I, it, everybody wants to make money. So nobody's it's going to be coming to the, which is fine. It's the development of the hobby. Um, we have to go faster. <laughs> Do you think we're going to get 100 miles an hour? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of when. It's not going to take I too think- much longer. No. You're already doing 80 some miles an hour. It's not yeah. going to take that much more to get there. Um, crazy. That's so crazy. You know. Yeah, on the 13.5, I don't even think 13.5 lives anymore under the NPRC rulebook anymore. It's really? 17.5, I think now. Yeah, there's, it's a mess. In my opinion, this is, you're going to jump into my opinion. My opinion, 13.5 is a mess, and it has been since 2020. Um, it has it's like a lot stock anywhere. Motor you know what I mean? Yeah, motor manufacturers really pushing the limits on the mm-hmm. way that they're building the motors. They're not really a 13.5, and then they label it a 13.5. And then you got companies that are, true to the roots and true to roar and all this and that. I'm not going to say names and they want to stick to their guns and they create a 13.5 and you just get smacked. You know, there ain't, you just never, never, ever going to make it. You're never going to make it unless you honestly find your hardware. I honestly do not like that. class. I mean, I say that I don't like it's good for beginners, but it, it brings that that's the 10 scale stock pink pinion mentality in and no offense to my 10 scale stock pink pinion friends out there, but I kind of like this as being bring what you bring, run what you bring, and uh, it it might it looks like it's still con- staying at that point because you said thirteen five isn't really that popular, so that's good. I mean, there's the- like San Diego still runs it, I believe. Okay, but see that like I don't know the whole country. I just know my local areas, and I know what my cousins running because they're down in San Diego and they're heavy into the thirteen five game and. uh and it's, you know, I know that they were still running it. Whether or not they are right now, I'm not really okay. sure. Um, what about celebrity? Uh, I know Big Chief was super involved in this and a couple of other the, the street outlaw guys were super involved at one point. I, I Maybe I just haven't been paying attention. Doesn't seem like, I don't know, I'm asking. Are they still involved? Are they caught up on doing their I real job full scale stuff or yeah i haven't seen chief posting too much lately but i do follow him i do follow his youtube and i know he's been working on the real okay. car pretty excessively so um, real, real real deal that's what i, I reached out to him and to see if he was coming to king of the streets you know to see if he needed pit space or what he needed and uh he told me he was uh he had a race the very next weekend with a full-size car so he wasn't going to be able to make it mm-hmm. um I get it, you know, priority. Scale, yeah, that's what pays the bills, dude. Yep. Yeah, that's what pays the bills. Yep. He did. The, I think he was a great boost for it. Uh, I I think the sky is the limit with M, with no prep. I I also think that it can get the. I also have the fear of the manufacturers ruining it, ruining it, like they did short course. But it seems like the core people, like you and 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 like the guys that I know that are into this, are still kind of core. You know what I mean? Yes, there's adjustments and things get better, but it still seems it's cool. I mean, you're going to race in tonight. You know what I mean? So you still enjoy this. You like it. And and really, yes, the big races are fun and, and they're great and all that stuff. But really what it comes down to is kind of like what you're doing tonight. You know, local race, 30 guys, put some money in, have fun, make a night of it. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Those are the days that the kids get to go and have fun. It's hard on it for me, like to watch the kids go into a king of the streets. It's like, watch man. Race. Unless you're on a team, uh, on a team, mm-hmm. it would be really hard. Uh, yeah. But to get the kids into it and get the younger ones or or 
people like myself that I just don't have time to bury into a drag. Um, it gives you something to do on the weekends or something like that to actually go play with your drag car and go have a good time and not have to sit there and think about going 1.8 seconds. You yeah, know what I mean? there you go. That's you know? like club racing, but with money involved. Yeah. So, that's great. I, I love it, man. Um, I, I, the only thing the, my only gripe is the transition from the traditional bodies to the let's go as fast as we can bodies because one of my biggest, one of the things I liked about this was the effect that these cars look scale. Yep. So I, I hope me. we can find a way. I know it's going to be hard to get back oh, to that. I mean, we're working on something. I just don't want to let it out. Okay. I know I got a lot of eyeballs and ears on me, you know, so oh, if you I let do, too dude. much you... out on your show, it'll get taken by somebody else before we do it. So yep. Yep. we're, we're working that. on, we're working on a little something to bring that, to bring that energy back, you know, um, mm -hmm. Also to bring something for the kids, you know, mm -hmm. because I think kids aren't, kids aren't really getting involved because of the fear of the 83 miles an hour at one seven. Like, are you really going to let your 12 year old daughter run that level of a car? You so know, or would you rather her be in something a little more tame, you know? Yeah. Have a junior class. That'd be great. It's on your wallet. Yeah. Basically a junior's class is what we're thinking of, you know? All right. All right. So we're going to transition. Oh, Tires. What's up with tires, dude? I saw air tires. I just wanted to focus on that. Did it work? How air works. Really? Air does work. Yeah. How? So guys have little valves on them and they check with little pressure gauges and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, so no, they're so using like a, uh, what is it when you get your blood pressure taken, you know, a little blood pressure pump uh -huh. and they, they use that style pump with the gauge and they're there. Yeah. They put a real PSI number in there. They fluctuate the PSI depending on track conditions. Just like it's a real drag car. Um, I haven't gone there, Keenan. I haven't. I haven't <laughs> gone there either yet, dude. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen the hassle that they deal with, uh -huh. and it's a lot of work, dude. You need. You got to check that number. You got to check both tires before each hit because. And most people don't understand. Like some of the people running air understand, but most don't. As soon as you go and you set the air pressure right, and then you put your prep on. And then you go and throw your warmers on or your heat gun. You <laughs> just change the pressure inside that tire. Yeah. yeah. You know, That's a lot heat of work. changes pressure. So now you got to go back and recheck the pressure and make sure you're good. And dude, like if you, if you mess up and don't put enough grease, now you have an air leak because they're just running like a basketball valve in the wheel where the vent hole is. And then they plug the other side. Oh, so that's how they're doing it. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. This these aren't purpose built air tires. People have so there this. is one okay. company, Cyril Cyril Wheels or Tires. I don't remember the exact name, but they they make a a wheel that has valve already in it, and it's designed to be ran on air right out of the box. Really? So yeah, so it's it's already getting to that level of the game, but it's it's crazy. Uh, I still just prefer to run reactions right out the bag that I get from the Harvey store and glue them up with foams in them and run that. Yeah, uh, it's would... just easier for my program. Yeah, I had a guy less, ask me the other day hassle. about that. I had a guy say, "We need uh three piece wheels and and air pressure and offer it." I was like, "Dude, three piece wheels are not as easy as you think they are, and they could be a pain in the ass." And I said, "We do not." I said, "Air and offer it." Uh, well, guys, we that'd be great. Though, guys, we're getting flat tires. You mean three piece as in he wants a beadlock? Yeah, for off no, no, So even in drag, they're too heavy. Yeah. yeah. And they're just a pain in the ass mm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They are. They aren't that easy. Trust me. 
All right, let's move gears on to you guys because you guys are involved in a lot of stuff. And I know you guys are going to race and you got time to, to do things. We got about 15, 10, 15 minutes left here. Tyler, you are doing a lot. You guys are doing the U4 stuff. You, you've, uh, I know you've both kind of linked up with Brian Nunez. Uh, you've been doing the King of Hammers stuff. Short, yep. You know, all that type of stuff. You guys, um, you've been busy. Like every weekend you guys are doing something. You went to the RCX. You did your key, King of the Streets. You're going to race in this weekend. You're doing, like, talk, t- talk to us about that. Uh, your work with uh, Ryan and Losi and that's that side of things. Um, working closer with more full-scale events with uh, U4 and all that there. Go ahead, uh, Tyler. Then we'll go to Sean afterwards. So that was pretty rad, dude. Uh, yeah, Brian messaged me about going and meeting up with the Terror Crew guys um, up at Laser Town. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Let me get a hold of Sean, make sure we're clear that weekend, and we'll go up there. And uh, Sean was in instantly as soon as I told him the deal. So I linked up with the Terror Crew guys and Cody up at Cody's house, and they wanted to do, like, a scale huck fest style thing. So we set up a jump, me and Sean and the tracker, over the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't as big of a RC turnout as we thought it was going to be. It was pretty windy. Um, Hammertown's pretty deep out there. Uh, a lot of people don't really want to make that drive two hours out into the desert. It's, a, it's 112 miles just from my house to get up. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's pretty deep. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a drive. They were happy with it. You know, Brian hit me back up. They want to do something else. I told them, let me know next time they're in like Barstow or somewhere closer to the freeway. Mm-hmm. to make it easily accessible for RC guys because that's what we need. You know that. It needs mm-hmm. to be easy. Um, and uh, and we'll do it. But we've been doing quite a few things with Brian. Uh, we got a trophy truck race. We're getting planned here. Me and Sean should have the dates up pretty soon for that. We're just trying that's to That's with the, the fifth scale cars, right? The yeah. uh, Super Baja race, yeah. Super Baja race, electric car. I really wanted the one of them. Scale. I almost pulled trigger on one of them. I almost did. It's did. a rad I, it, truck. Yeah, they're I, fun. You got you got to drive it scale because it it'll it'll bicycle on you real easy. So if you try and hammer it into a turn, it'll just barrel roll over. Okay. But you gotta you gotta finesse it. Um, but it's a really fun car because it's scale. I mean, if yeah. you're a scale junkie like me and Tyler are, you love it. It looks if, real. It looks. That's why. You know, you if know. you're if you're way more of like a basher, like mm-hmm. a like what I call a super truck basher, which is like your X Max or your Max or your Creightons or whatever, right? Fully independent monster truck. That's a super truck. Um, you're probably not going to dig it because it's not a backflipper. It's not a wheelie monster. Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't like I said. You have to finesse it. It doesn't handle like a truggy, you mm-hmm. know. And so, like a truggy style monster truck handle great. I mean, you could drive it like a buggy and then all of a sudden kick it off a jump and do a backflip and land it and pop a wheelie all at the same time. Um, you can't do that with a super Baja Ray. No, you, you can't. Know? So, so what I liked about the super Baja Ray, my goal was if I got something like that was to do like a video f- montage of like what Ken Block does <laughs> but with that. You know what I mean? But RC style, like, and I would have just souped it up and probably raced motorbikes and stuff. I took it to the beach. I do want to get a basher. I don't know what I'm going to get, but I want to do some more bashing and stuff here. I have plenty of space to do. I've been talking to Sean about it a lot, but I mean, you guys seem to just be doing something RC related every week. I don't really see you guys take much weekends off. So it's, I mean, I just, you know, 
congratulations on king of the streets it's great thank you next man. year is going to be even bigger i will be there like i'm gonna be there it's on my list to do things and hang out with you guys obviously because we didn't even get a chance to hang out much at dnc when i saw you guys so yeah man um just i mean i don't know if sean wanted to tell you but i think we're gonna try to day trip it up to silver state he did say that if all if all works out well that'd be great yeah, everything's looking good for yeah. me i think i th we can make this happen we'll go up there hang out have a good time and then blast back all in one yeah, day yeah why not it's yeah. only about four hours for you guys yeah do yes. well me and sean leave early so it's like three because we like to just go. get up you there know, early. my life is on the road so it's yeah me. You come across that road in the desert. I went. I did that drive once, and we killed about ten bunnies on the on the trip one night you because they just run across the road. <laughs> Seriously, it was just like rabbits running across the road. Like as my, soon as we run across there, my, my rabbit sitting right next. <laughs> I'm sorry to me. about your rabbit. But he just looked up at me like, "What?" No, no, I'm sorry about <laughs> rabbit owners. I didn't. We didn't mean to kill bunnies, but they were just running across the road at night. I've never yeah. seen anything like that in my life ever, ever, ever. That was like 2005. But yeah, man, you guys, I think um, for me, you are two of the best RC ambassadors, not because it's just RC racing. You guys are ambassadors for all forms of RC. Um, I know Sean and I have been geeking out on the boats because Sean, you are like, you got a shit ton of boats right now. I pulled um, the trigger hard. Huh? I pulled the trigger hard. Did you? I'm, you got I a mean, bunch of electric one, boats. Um, yeah. And one year I managed to get me quite the collection. So it's pretty cool yeah yeah um how's that going for you sean um you've been really into it uh you've been racing them you did mess up your awesome looking big red I yeah that hurt I, got, your heart. I actually got hit so it wasn't really my fault i was okay. in i was in lane one and lane two just turned right into me and hit me so uh she's at the doctor getting fixed uh she'll be back in business in no time i'm not too worried about it i mean it's a couple hundred bucks and it is what it is but uh that's that's rc boat racing you know um it's fun. I'm racing with this team called the RC Sharks at Leg Lake. Uh, they have a war, W-O-R, wide open racing league that I'm in. And right now it's points leader in Sport Hydro. So okay. and I'm sitting fifth in Thunderboat out of, I think, like seven or eight boats. So I'm not doing too bad in Thunderboat. Um, those, some of those boats are really fast. There's a guy mm -hmm. out there with a boat that's eight pounds lighter than mine. And that's just really, really hard to get around him. And that's a stock class only style racing. So prop is all you can really do um you know strut adjustment and things like that to try and get speed but really it's all about clean clean laps mm -hmm. keeping your boat tight up against the buoys to try and keep that apex as tight as possible uh racing's awesome i love boat racing um i kind of we were rocking and rolling with the u4 thing for about four years and i was racing i had a series going on we were racing every single month uh, things kind of got a little slow. All the guys started doing other things like racing monster trucks and stuff like that with the SoCal monster truck guys. And, uh, and I kind of wanted to get into the boat thing. So U4 is kind of, we're, st I haven't closed the doors on U4. Mm -hmm. We're only doing like maybe four races this year. Mm -hmm. Um, we're due for a race. I, everybody's kind of starting to tap me on the shoulder and say, Hey, when's the next race? But I really wanted to get into boat racing this year. And that's why I kind of have taken, a backseat in my car racing program is just because mm -hmm. I wanted to race some boats this year. Uh, I wanted to focus on it. I wanted to learn. I wanted to absorb. I mean, I've ran boats, but I've never done it competitively. Mm -hmm. So as far as the tuning goes, I always just made the boat just handle well. And that was it. I never really paid attention to like how much faster can I make it go? You know? So I'm kind of going down that road right now, learning. Um, we'll get back into the cars next year. I, I you just, are definitely like, a bad you know, influence on me. 
Yeah. Because it was like, I got gas boats now, Keenan. And I was like, okay, yeah. I want to get a gas boat too. Because I was I, like, man, yeah, gas I, boats is where it's at. I, I like I the electric. It's cool. Mm -hmm. But the power and a gas and just the runtime, mm -hmm. really, it's the runtime. I can really bang out a lot of laps and focus on it for a long time where it's like, as soon as you get into the groove with an electric, you're already dead. Yeah, it's four or five minutes at most. Yeah. I'm, yeah. They're fast, I mean, though. Electric's cool. It's fast. It's clean. You know, it doesn't, and they're fun. It's just, I, I, I'm, I'm really hooked on the gas stuff. You know, yeah, you, I blame you for that yellow beast back there. Yeah. It's a nice boat. You got there. Rico. Oh, your fault, Sean. Rico mono. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's almost done. Almost that's done. Like a scale racer offshore. They, that's I, the offshore boat there. Yeah. Right? I'm going to get it all decaled out and make it look real. And then uh, a lot of guys are running twins in these like 65, mm. 70 CC. Double trouble. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think, I think <laughs> there has to be a twin at some point. You know what I mean? I twin rigger. Twin gas rigger is what I want. Dude. The, the so I know Talia kind of quiet. I know, you know, like, your boss has got a shit ton of boats. You told oh, me that. Oh yeah. yeah, DC Mossy. He's the reason why I got into the into the <laughs> boat racing is because of him. Yeah. Well, back home in Bermuda, man, boats were always big. Uh, it was actually my first exposure to RC. They still have the Bomba. Like they have an oval track that's been there for years, and now they have the Bomba guys who do offshore. So it's big boats like that and bigger, and they do uh, um, no turn fins. And you don't do yeah, so you do, but you do a um wide. No, you you have right, left, and right turns. Oh, right oh, and left. So it's like okay. real offshore. So it's like you'd make a you go and then you come in, you go back out, and they do a different track style. And they, these are not small tracks; these are big, like you know, in the ocean. Uh huh. So um, not in the ocean, but in salt water and all that type of open stuff. Open water. Not really, because it's it's between two islands. Okay, but it's deep and it's you know they do open water racing too like in england where they actually race along you sitting in a boat and you're doing like a two to three mile race there we go. That's what you I'm know what i mean about. so out in open water like i can get behind that. All that stuff you know big water run, running your boat on big water like a lake like a full-blown lake is very different than going to like down to san diego to the pond or going down mm -hmm. to leg lake you know like the water's calm all the mm -hmm. time for the most part even when it gets windy you'll get a ripple but that's it you go out on a lake lake now you're dealing with white caps that are taller than your boat mm -hmm. and that's when uh like i've done that I i've i but your boats get beat up real yeah, bad yeah. when you're running in rough water like that and and uh your all your gel coat just gets cracked yeah. you know well, hopefully I'll get this big yellow machine in the ocean when I come back from Vegas. I also got my new animal cat too, which I'm going to reveal her eventually once I get the ESCs cool. happy about that. Yeah. Uh, you know the story. I told you about that. Yeah, it's um, good that all came about. Yeah, I'm glad. You know? I'm happy that came around. Bill yeah, really I'm happy for you. hooked me up and got me straight. Um, I guess, man, I don't know. I told you guys this is going to be 45 minutes, so we're at 45 minutes. I know you guys have got some cool things to do. Uh, what else do we... Oh. Oh, that's what I forgot. I almost forgot. So we have this live RC visions race coming up. Uh, did you guys see that? Okay. Have you not seen that? So it's, it's being, I'm, I'm shocked, Sean. You, this is like right up your alley because it's being uh -huh. held at, um, midsummer something. It's, it's a big side by side, ATV rock bouncing 
big event in Oklahoma. What did you say it was called? Check out Live RC. It's called the Mids Visions. Ugh, I got it right here. Hold on. I'm bringing up the wrong thing. Live RC. You haven't. So anyway, Live RC is having a, a race at a full scale event here in July. So it's the Mid America Outdoors. It's in Jay, Oklahoma. So this has apparently a bunch of, you know, it's like a big area that has different trails and all this type of stuff there. So Live RC, Joey is going to build the track. They're going to get oh, a spot cool. to build the track and all that stuff. And they're, they're hoping to get, you know, I've, this has a lot of people going through her, but I think it's on such a big, big, big patch of land. So the RC track's going to be on one part and they're going to have money racing. So they're going to be, the, so they're going to have invite class. It's going to be like uh, Reedy, invite class and then open. So invite is pro and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. A pro can make five grand if they win Nitro Buggy, I believe. Wow. And open can win five grand if they win Nitro Buggy. And then it was first sack, you know, second, third, and all that stuff. So this is happening. It's kind of quick notice. It was kind of short notice. It's, it's, we'll see how it goes because it's, it's kind of like, you know, we always think we want these big events at like a supercross or motocross event, but this is going to be up in Oklahoma at like a big giant event. So we'll see how it goes. I'm surprised you didn't see about, see this. I'm gonna, I might have read you. it, but I, you know. You haven't been into racing lately. You've got to, like, lately, and this is off topic, but I'm trying to buy a house, dude, and you know this, and, and Kyler does too, and my brain in the last, uh, um, I'm frazzled. <laughs> I know all about that. I know all about that. <laughs> I'm just frazzled. There's a, and there's a lot going on. There's a lot of RC, and, and I'll read stuff, and I'll forget it five that, minutes. That's from me. That, you know, um, I'm my brain's old, too full. My, it's like yeah, I need to empty it. Old and 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 I got a lot going on, so it's hard to soak it in. And I literally have to write things down in order for me to retain it these days. Like that's what I need to start doing because I've been I like, oh, that's a great thing to talk about on the podcast, and then I forget to I forget it, you know, and I'll remember it after I after I said it. Yeah. So what happens when you start processing so much information and getting new? <laughs> well, anyway, dudes. Um, I know it's early there. Thank you for getting up early. Um, you guys are my boys. I love you like life. I, I love the excitement, the passion that you bring, you know, talking okay. to you sometimes, Sean rejuvenates my passion. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, getting pissed I, off and, you know, I not so, cause I love RC and I would hate for a guy like yourself to, well, and I know it's not going to happen, but no, you know, I'm how much race I again, RC, and I love keeping people in it. You know, yeah, I, don't man, like, I do too. I don't like seeing people leave or sell their cars it. and, you get out of RC. I mean, I've had so many of my friends buy an RC car and it just sits there in the closet, you know, and it's just like, for me, that's painful. You know, I, I don't like seeing stuff like that. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely that dude that wants to see you out playing with your RC car. Soon come, soon come. You know, I want to see you smiling and having fun. I, I'm I like always smiling. Stuff. I'm smiling I'm, at the track. I'm happy to be there, but I would like to do some laps. It's You know what? I have a car. I have an engine. I'm just yeah. being lazy and not building it. Actually, I don't have any work to do. No, you got a brand new car you need to put together. I know, I'm waiting for the manual. I told JQ, when he gets a oh. manual, I'll do it. It's, you know, <laughs> Is that it should be done soon. Car, but no manual? <laughs> That's prototype stuff, man. Okay. I, I'm like, I'm not hurting my brain with that. He was supposed to build it. Uh, it's an eight-scale buggy, dude. It's all the same. It yeah, can't be that like, hard, dude. JQ, like, like this Mayako thing, it's all new. I got to learn it. I know the JQ by hard, but the Mayako is a whole different car, so... But I have anywhere to race. All right. So anyway, what's next for you guys? 
Um, I know you guys always always have something. I'm trying to get on. in on this Axial Fest deal. Um, the people <laughs> at Horizon that I know that I do things with, um, I'm trying to weasel my way into the Axial Fest game because oh, that's part great of the event. pro line by the fire thing for so long. Uh, Axial Fest has moved, and I'm trying to poke at my resources because I want to be on that team and I want to help. With oh, you want to work it? Yeah. No, I'm not. Okay. I want to go. Well, I want to go to it. Yeah, but I want to work it. Yeah. So Where is it? I'm, uh, I'm this looking year. at my uh, my um my resources. I would. I'll Where, have to look it up. I I know it's uh a little closer to us. I want to say it's not all the way up north, but it's like middle. Like I didn't like where they had it last year. Too much west, south, southwest of Lake Tahoe. I want to say. Yeah, like right up in Tahoe area is what I heard. Okay. Um, that's a great that's event. Not, yeah. We, I've, uh, dude, I've wanted to go since the beginning. I've just never been able to make it happen. Uh, when is one it, of Sean? These years I'll make Rogers it. Resort, July 21st through the 23rd at Rogers Resort. And actually, if you go, if you do a search on Axial Fester Bust, you could probably find the leak to get, because uh, uh, on Eventbrite, you can get tickets right now, which are pricey, but it's Axial Fest. How much is Axial Fest cost? Mm. I want to say it was like sixty dollars. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. See, the issue with that race that I was just talking about, the Visions race, is the race is actually fifty dollars, but you have to get a wristband, Mm. and that's one hundred and fifty dollars. And everybody that comes to the race has to get a wristband. So if you go, Tyler, even though you're racing, you have to get a wristband. You have to pay one hundred fifty dollars. But with that one hundred fifty dollars, you get to go all over the. You know, you get to see all the events. That's the great thing about it. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. Next right. up for us locally, we got Drag Race June fourth, okay, in in SoCal. Nice. So real quick, where are the other hot pockets of no prep in America? Uh, Florida is pretty hot. Um, Hawaii, Arizona, Arizona is pretty hot. Hawaii is pretty hot. Um, Midwest like Oklahoma is pretty hot. Texas is pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Uh. Not not too much up north where they get the weather. I mean, there is okay. some guys that race, but wherever there's, like, snow, drag racing is not really that big of a thing. Got you. Colorado, but they waited yeah, out. They waited yeah, out. We got we got a group of guys out in Colorado that we hang with. Sweet. That's where the mile-high mayhem is. Mm, sweet. Well, I love following you guys' adventures. It's great. Like I said, you guys are two of my favorite people in RC. And great ambassadors. You as well, man. Great ambassadors. Yeah, man. And I look forward to seeing you guys at Silver State. Keep yeah. up the good work. I look forward to King of the Streets next week. And if you're good, Axel Fast, man, it's going to be so badass. Yeah, it's I'm be so really good. pushing for that one. Go, dude. Go to, volunteer to work. They'll take you. That's it. You know yeah. me. You know, I'll hang you just still, Dude, I have to say this. All I remember from King of the Streets is Sean in all black in that Running hot weather. And I'm like, Sean. Put on a white shirt or something. He's like, man, he's just walking up and down, up and down, up and down. And I saw you a few times. I was like, these guys are working hard. Congratulations. I had to wear my RC Drag Talk work shirt. Nothing. Yeah, man. Dark Dude, I don't there. even remember the exact number, but in the three days, it was like above 60 miles of walking. <laughs> I did yeah. nine, nine a day, I, I, nine miles a day, starting from Wednesday all the way till, well, Sunday wasn't as bad because I was starting to get pretty tired. And so I, I forced myself to kind of stay down on my feet a little yeah. more on Sunday because by then I was getting pretty worn out. From yeah, I would, I would be worn out by Friday. 
Um, <laughs> well, I was, but you know, I'm crazy and I kind of, it's that coffee, dude, that coffee, you know, well, that, you drink that super coffee. I, uh, you know, my dad's had a foot in my beep my entire life. And so, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm raised by tough skin and, right. and push and shove and, and no whining. I don't want to gotcha. hear it. You know, gotcha. that's kind of how I've been raised. So it's, it's my dad, man. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Well, um, if anybody wants to get in no prep, you know, one of these guys, they'll get you sorted and you don't want to get it and uh, spend a lot of money. Um, if anything, just if you have any questions about RC, about bashing, anything, no prep, contact these guys. And, um, they're just good dudes, man. Check out RC drag talk, follow them on Instagram, Facebook, check out the missing link RC podcast. It's on all podcast apps. I believe check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Give them a like and a follow. These are just two dudes, just like all of us that love RC. They love all of RC. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're just two good friends of mine. And I thank you guys for everything that you do. And, um, we'll see, I'll see you. And then King, King of the Streets is next year. I'm, I'm coming. I'm going to have thank fun. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having us. Thank the, you. The sky is coming next. Next year, I think I'm going to start flying again. So you're going to see helicopters <laughs> and airplanes next year. Because that's another one that I do do. <laughs> Not going there. Not going there. <laughs> oh, Not yeah, you there. are. <laughs> Not going there. Not the only flying you're getting out of me is with the trophy truck, dude. And, That's and it. The induction jets are so much fun. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, you know what? Started. You want to talk Sean, about going, you talk you, about going you, fast. You're not going to need a house. You're going to need a graveyard because your wife's going to kill you. <sighs> That's um, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my dudes, you guys have a great weekend. <laughs> Um, thank you for all Rock the passion on, and, and, and great vibes you bring to RC. And I look forward to seeing you guys at Silver State. And congratulations once again on King of the Street and all the awesome stuff you do. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. All right. Have a good one, man. Talk to you guys later. Later, all right. bro. Take care, Keenan. Bye, Keenan. Right. Hey, Max. Could you imagine if we won 20K at our RC car race? Did you? I think people would go nuts if 20K was on the line. So yeah. you won $500. Mm-hmm. At DNC, yeah, five five hundred is probably the biggest I won. Yeah, that was contingency. It wasn't like prize money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But um, hey, you know what? That lady Samantha Jern, I think she did nine races, and she was she had the this the the will power to do it, and she beat all those dudes, and she won twenty k. I, I, I like it. Yeah. Cool event. I can't wait to go to King of the Streets next year, hopefully. All right, Max. So we have a couple of things we want to talk about before we conclude this week's podcast. Uh, let's get right to it. Uh, Circus RC. Shout out to Chris Circus. He's there at the in Portugal, beautiful Barcelos. So he posted this up yesterday. So we're going to take a little quick tour uh, of this race, this beautiful, beautiful track. Now, this is a glue track. <clears throat> it did rain, but I was told that they reapplied the glue so what they use is uh, a mixture. I know we still use our mixture here at the DR at our glue track. I think it was like five to one. So five parts, water, five gallons of water to one gallon of glue, which is basically just white Elmer's glue, that type of glue that you, your kids use. You can put a little bit more and then you just spray it all over this track and it just seals yeah. it completely. And um, it's really super, super high grip right at first. But then it... um. Once the oil yeah. and rubber, once it gets black like this, that's when it, it gets really nice. Like it has some give. Yeah. And also it, it smooths down a bit. It, the sort of rough edges of the glue that makes it really sticky. Oh, that smooths out. And, but oh it, man, it, look at this track, dude. That's nice. 
Like this section right here, uh, coming off this, by the IBC jump, then you go out to make this right turn. Like that's a, a chicane with off camber. That's yeah. so crazy. That's hard. Yeah, that's something that a lot, not a lot of uh, American tracks have. This sort of complex sections where you need to carry corner speed. Uh, right. That's something people don't really see from pictures to understand when you have haven't driven on on tracks like this before, and that's yeah, what makes these tracks like separate from really fast drivers from not so fast drivers. Yeah, and look at this. Like they painted a line right across there. So you can see where the line is like you know what i mean yeah <clears throat> man this track is beautiful uh joao figueredo and his his father and the guys that earned this man they they this is a beautiful set look at the bleachers up there man that's beautiful mm -hmm. look at that like, yeah and and also like the red paint the the sort of background yes. of the track against the trees and the oh, look small at hill and the fact that the whole track is on the sort of a hill that rises to the left side and you go out down to the straightaway you dip down and and you go past the pit lane that that's the feel of this track seems just amazing i i hope i well i i be i'll be here for the euros but it's it's such amazing looking facility that i'm excited yeah. to go all right yeah we just kind of want to show this uh chris is there yeah. he's i'm posting up all his pictures uh, they do have live streaming. Check out our No Name RC podcast page for that. Uh, we'll be posting the links. I was watching it earlier. It looks like it's going to be a decent stream. Stream, probably not announcing-wise, because I think <clears throat> they're just going to have the track announcer. But mm -hmm. uh, the, the camera work looks like it's going to be good. And let's see what it's a Portuguese. It's a bunch of Portuguese guys that are doing it. Y'all was telling me. So it should be good. And this people... This is a huge, huge race, everybody. This is actually so people. Oh, so let's jump. Let's talk about that real quick. So this is actually two races in one. Mm -hmm. So we talked about this the other day on the podcast. So just so, so if you're just turning tuning into this, the so Saturday after qualifying, excuse me. Woo. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, everybody. Wasn't tight. And then am I making you sneeze? Um, yawn. You're tired, <laughs> tired. Saturday after qualifying, they take the top 15 for qualifying and then they have a 45 minute main, which is the um, IBC 2022 race. This is a race that y'all has. Then on the Sunday, they do the ladder mains, if Mar style, you know, odds and evens, all the way to the semis and all that stuff and to the finals. So, and then that final 45 minute final is the actual Euro warm up final right so you gotta understand that both of these finals could be slightly different yes they might have some of the same players in there but there might be some drivers that didn't qualify well but that did bump up through the rate ladder mains and made it we will see uh and also uh we was talking about top 25 so i did talk to rick uh you wanted to uh amend something that you said as well but i did yeah. talk to rick and it uh, just real quick it seems like that both of these races will count individually and yeah, I counted, yeah. there are 10 people attending this race that are in the top 25. So I believe that actually qualifies it. And then I think it's the people will be out of the top 25, like Zankatine and all mm -hmm. these type of people that also qualify for it. So I believe that this race does. I mean, if this race doesn't qualify, then I don't know what does because this yeah. is like a Euros. I mean, yeah, but I believe I mean, it Euros does. warm up has every year qualified it because usually Euros warm up is just missing a few people 
from mm. what they use their euro lineup. But yeah, actually, Rick clarified because in the last podcast I said that the top 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 twenty five list started as American based list, but he he told me that they did indeed start as that, but then they zeroed out the results before they brought in European races. So the points were zeroed out before the European and Americans were both brought into the list. Uh, his theory of why the list was so American biased uh, at, at the beginning was just that there was more sort of high level American racers. Uh, and that probably was the case at the time. I do, I do personally think there was also a thing of America has always had more of these races. Let's say there's, there's five race time races. There's the dirt, uh, Nitro Challenge. There's uh, a bunch of other sort of smaller races which have qualified before uh, from America, which had always like a few uh, quite good Americans. Not mm -hmm. all of the pros, but some. Whereas in yeah. Europe, there are much less of those events. And that's why I think it has used to be more American biased. So that's no fault, obviously, of top 25 RC and, and my sort of uh, what I explained last time was a bit bit off. So thanks for Rick for clarifying. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, to be to be honest, the list now, in my opinion, looks the best that it has looked. As in a long, yeah, you know, in a long in, time. In, 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 yeah, in a long time. All right. So next up on our that quarter eye this week was this car. Uh, it's on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Few people chatting to me on Facebook. Um, yeah, so so what this car is to me, it looks like a bunch of parts from other cars. So it looks like some Yugen parts, some some part from other buggies. I don't know which ones. Then quite a bit of machined parts and some three D printed, but I don't really know. They seem to be Swiss based. Uh, they have uh, a pillowball front end. Rear end looks like something close to. I don't. I don't. I can't really say. It looks close to something like the HB geometry, uh, but it could be slightly different. Hard to say with no measurement or anything. The shock. The shock geometry is quite interesting. That racers on the arm and they have a quite high angle on it, on on the shocks. It the angle it looks bigger than it actually is because of the fact that it has those racers. Uh, the geometry of it works similarly to to if the shocks were stood up without those racers. Uh, mm. But it's interesting to see how this car performs or what, what the deal of this brand is. I've never heard of them before, but I believe they're trying to come out with their own car now, but that's they still have a lot of 3D printed and and sort of self machine stuff on it looks like but interesting so, to see new buggies and with obviously with a lot of or some new new features compared to other cars. Sweet. It's, i'm going to be following it so that is uh, i i it's cp c p x designs let me get that right sorry we were sure yes, that it, it is yeah cpx Designs. yeah find them on facebook cpx designs and check them out all right, Max. So we haven't talked about this much because we've been kind of busy and it's kind of going along kind of to the bay point, but we still have been doing it. Um, the NNRC Cup uh, through House of RC. So mm -hmm. for those that didn't know what this was last year, I came up with this silly idea that we'll have a virtual. Well, I got the idea from RCGP and that we'll have a virtual series in America. And we did it last year. I believe it was... Um, 
PM was DNC, PMB, Silver State, and then the Nationals. And how it worked out was, uh, it was it worked out great because Ryan Mayfield won it. I got this big trophy made that uh, I left it. It's it's it was just fun to do it, but it's it's probably never gonna get go to another race. It's just too big to take anywhere. Um, and I got to take a picture of Ryan Mayfield with him holding it, and he won. He won and he got to win it at the Nationals, so it was pretty cool. And the point that we did this was we wanted to show how cool it was to follow a, a series, like if this was a series. So we called it the NNRC Cup Series, and this, this year we decided to do one for Europe and one for America. So now with America, we've had three races. So the first race, was it DNC or was it SIC? Uh, DNC was the first one. Okay, yeah, so it was DNC was the first one, then it was the Nationals, which was mm-hmm. the second one. And then PMB was the third, and then Silver yeah. State is going to be the fourth one. So we'll crown a, a winner here at Silver State. No trophy, just just fun. Uh, so can we see this clearly, Max? Can you see it? You probably have to bring uh, me. I'll bring it up here. Yeah. I, I can't. So right now we have after three races, Ryan Mayfield in the lead with eighty-seven points. He obviously he's won two races in this series. He won DNC, which gave him thirty points, and he came second at. Uh, nationals so that was um yeah 24 24 and then he got three points for tq at pmb max yeah did he yeah, tq yeah, pmb he, yeah he tq pmb yeah right? he tq pmb and warren horse dnc and then the national so tq points have a split right so they got three points for tq okay okay yeah oh wow so yeah oh well you see where that 15 uh dnc really hurt that fourth place even though it was a fourth mm-hmm. place it hurt uh yeah. wow that's yeah, some big fa- point differences it, right there it, it is but fan fan has been sort of or mayfield rather has been so much on the top he's been he has two wins and a and a second so basically what now needs to happen is fan needs to win and mayfield needs to finish fifth so that fan can win the championship uh and an rc cup um Mornhorst can't really win it uh, anymore. Yeah, he Mornhorst is out of it unless he TQs and wins, and Mayfield doesn't get a get a single point. That's the only way Mornhorst can win it. So Fend Fend still has a shot. If he TQs and wins, and Mayfield is in in fourth, uh, Fend can win it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna be quite tough. Friend. Why do you have a gold cup next to Ty Tasman's 19th? Uh, that's 19 points. So that's third from, uh, and he's bronze, I believe. Yeah, it should be bronze. That's from DNC, even he's third. It's 19 points. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Got you. Got you. Got you. My eye. I need to put my glasses on. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. So it's it's good to see how this shakes out. I mean, really, it's true. Like, I, we can't, the, Ryan Mayfield's probably the best. Dakota Fenn second. Joe Bono second. Mason Fuller definitely. He can, it could be argued he could be between him and Joe Bornhorst. Not see that yeah. while the points shake out, uh well see why there was Spencer Rifkin had that bad um that bad, yeah. bad DNC. DNC really really hurt yeah. him. Uh, but and it, Tebow, actually, even Tebow. It's it's actually I think uh the the points are quite top heavy, but that's because there's so few races in the series. So mm-hmm. Mayfield, for example, can now afford one bad race. And thanks to his good results, he can still win it. Uh, but yeah, there's 
it's interesting how tight it is from like fourth to well fourth to sixth is pretty tight uh then there's a bigger gap to be to tebow he's so tebow didn't fourth. score any points at pmb yeah because he finished yeah he huh? finished outside top 15. okay so top only top 15 score points okay yeah. okay and same with seth at, at dnc and yeah, well, David See, but scored 12. You wanted to do that. I wanted to keep as many points as possible. Yeah, but it's. I think it's better to score only from top 15 because mains like sort of PNB and, and like then you, it, it gets a bit iffy at the back because there's 20 cars. There's going to be a lot of retirements. And right, right. Cool. Well, I think this is set up on House of RC. It's not completely done. But somebody had asked about it. Uh, are we using, so which races are we using for the European race? I forgot. So for European race, we're using the uh, Montpellier, Montpellier uh, European uh, Championship warm-up, the World's warm-up, and the Euros. You know what? It's too bad we didn't use decide to use IBC. No, but I think but, it's better as Euros warm-up yeah. because it's on the, on the Sunday main. So that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's yeah, that's just us geeking out, everybody. Uh, NNRC Cup. We want we want a series. That's it. So yeah, that's it. All right, Max. I think that's it for us this week. Uh, yeah. Everybody, tune into oh. IBC. It'd be good. Mm -hmm. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited, and I'm getting excited because yeah. I'm gonna be in Vegas next week. Yeah, getting excited. And you know what? I'm getting even more excited because I'm like about to buy a ticket to go to Italy in June. Yeah. So. I'm super getting excited for all that type of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I, if you're going to Vegas, I will have, oh, by the way, everybody, I will have decals, hats, and shirts for sale in Vegas if you want some. Uh, don't have much hats left. Don't have much shirts left. Um, so come check me. Come check me out if you want to get some. Uh, come hit me up in Vegas, period, man. It's going to be a blast. Like, I'm looking forward to this race. I really am. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to geek out over some fifth scale, too. So it's going to be good. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have a lot of fun. Getting excited. Getting excited about RC racing. <laughs> All right, Max. I think that's it for us today. Thank you for your time. See you on Monday because we got to talk yeah. about this race. And um, everybody, you lot have a good weekend. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to the NNRC squad. We can't do it without you guys. Um, thank you for all the support. Shout out to the patrons around the world. We can't do it without you guys either. If you wish to be a patron, there is a link in the written description of this podcast. Every little bit helps us out. Shout out to the awesome sponsors, man. Show us some love. Show them. Show us some love by showing the sponsors some love. There are affiliate links, coupon codes. Even if you just buy from them, just say, hey, I heard from I heard about this on the No Name RC podcast with Lefty and Arrogant Max. And uh their sponsors are Invisible Speed. TNR Fuels, High Tech RC, TZO 200 Tires, Beach RC, Techno RC, Mayako, Lugs Racing Tires, JQSM, Clinic RC, Racecraft USA, G-Spec RC Tuning, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, JTP RC, the DR Race Shop, my good buddy RC Kevin, shout out to Alex Hagberg, shout out to RCGP, remember Rush is dropping tomorrow. Uh, check that out, and I believe if is it just rush dropping tomorrow, or is it a full? Um, I believe event? they're releasing a sort of uh, an edited version of the rush, uh, okay. the full event. I'm not exactly sure what the date is, but uh, this, okay. this uh, release will be just a rush. Check that out, and remember, guys. Look, I know everybody's pissing the man about it. 
But that fourteen ninety nine really helps. I'm paying it. Um, I'm I'm paying it, and I want to because I want to see things get better. Check that out. Check out RCGP. Fill out your um profile on House of RC. Get let's get that going. Check out the So Dialed apps too. And shout out to my boy Eddie Fikes and his uh, Uncle Eddie's uh all purpose seasoning. I use I have it in my drawer. I usually have it upper. I see Eddie here in Vegas. Um, yeah, Max, it's gonna be a, you have a good weekend, my friend. Enjoy the racing. Don't party too hard, and uh, get some rest because oh, you have a big party this week. Yeah, first of uh, first of May is a big party for the students of uh, of northern countries. Yeah, they all get around drink beer and talk about how they don't get any vagina. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Max. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thank you for for all your time, good buddy. Uh, you have a good weekend and you you enjoy your party. And I'll see you Monday. And uh, enjoy thank IBC. You, yeah, you guys enjoy IBC. It's gonna be a good race. And good luck to everybody out there. It's a big race, huge race. With that said, Nitro is the glory. E buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding and sliding, Max and Lefty, we are out. <laughs>